Welcome back to the Wave Podcast, everyone. So, recently, Gavin Newsom, well, not recently, like a week and a half, Gavin Newsom had passed a bill about giving companies the ability to negotiate with their employees to have the ability to raise minimum wage. It wasn't just a straight set raise of minimum wage. It's they get elect, like they get to choose representatives and they go across like big chain restaurants and they get choose like they have the ability to raise minimum wage and like working hours and stuff and just change, you know, their uh, what could you call it work environment and like stuff they have to go through. This is do you what do you guys think? You think this is like a good thing, bad thing? I mean, I personally think that. This it's, is the right topic, right? Yeah. Okay. Right? Wrong, like a I, was I, I I was. I thought oh. we were talking about the minimum wage increase that was uh, due because uh, of inflation. No, 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 no. We're going to raise it to fifteen fifty. No, it already no, is. No, raised no, no. It's to twenty-two dollars an hour. Yeah. Well, they not necessarily, they have the ability to raise it up to twenty-two. Whether or not they do it is so. So this issue. these are about the uh, the, uh, the conferences that they've organized between workers and fast food. Mm-hmm. restaurant uh elites yeah, yeah. there word, was like a i saw like a couple of like, to to debate worker rights and and this was new because sort of yeah this is uh, an alternative to a strike which is in the cards right now yeah right? oh yeah yeah uh i just i honestly i would love for this to work out in favor of the workers <laughs> but, but it's not I, I just don't think so because like so you'd be in favor of a, of a unionization effort probably yeah. yeah well that would make more sense because like it's just like your electing representatives that are gonna go and presumably speak on you and it's also like okay how easily can they be corrupted also if they do raise minimum wage and, sh- and you know work around your hours then that's just gonna result in the companies being like well we'll just raise the prices of everything a lot or we'll just fire a bunch of people. Well, in reality, what's already happening is, um, especially when you go to McDonald's, Taco Bell, Del Taco, whatever. What do you What do you see now when you go there? When oh, you, when you actually physically walk in and you want to order something, what do you see? I haven't been inside a fast a food restaurant in years. Damn, a lot less workers. And it's not that; it's the screens. Now they they want to in every single fast food place they want you to not even come to the counter. They just want you to go in and place your order on the screen. And so, essentially, I just think all this is going to do is just push more and more fast food chains into like automation, automation. and uh, trying to, you know, just get rid of workers entirely because it's easier to just not pay anyone to have robots do it than it is to, you know, actually pay people, you know, and um, especially when you see there's like robots now that can like make fries and flip burger patties and stuff. I mean, it's becoming, obviously it's really high cost right now, but it's becoming more and more of a like, oh, this looks really good for, uh, you know, my restaurant. You know, Especially like in 10 when, 15 years, that just might be the normal. Yeah, and so I just think, you know, obviously minimum wage is good because, you know, then people spend more, it's good for the economy. Um, but I just think that overall, like, it's too fast because we just recently raised the minimum wage. California led the way. They raised the minimum wage first, I believe. Um, and then now we're going to jump again. And it's just, again, it's so many restaurants are going to lay people off. They're going to, you know, um, change responsibilities. They're going to look towards automation because it's just, it's a lot easier for them to, you know, be able to keep their costs low um, with less employees. So every time there's a unionization effort, uh, all of the excuses get trotted out that it's going to, you know, cost restaurants money and that's going to inflict damage on the employees and the consumers uh, somehow. But you really got to ask yourself if the minimum wage needs to be increased, and this is specifically in 
restaurants and and in california and not simply the minimum wage generally which is not across the board being raised to 20 dollars we're talking about a negotiation for restaurant workers in in fast food restaurants in particular right um whenever that is is increased um, if it's increased to what those restaurant workers need to live then that is a good thing right if if they continue to pay them less than that then that is a downward spiral they're going to go into for years. It is a good thing, but it's not necessarily the best long-term solution. And it's not like we're saying we're well, the, against you on what you're saying. Yeah. Like we all agree yeah. that like raising the minimum wage is good because essentially what you're doing is, you know, allowing the economy to grow because now people that didn't have money to spend like that, now they can put more money back into the economy. Um, but essentially it's just now you, it's what happens all the time. People have to lay people off because of this. I know you're saying, oh, it's not going to happen. If, but if they have more get, employees, but they pay them less than what it costs to live in society, uh, then that's worse than having less employees that you can pay okay, but w- an actual living wage uh, when those other employees can be then hired elsewhere. Because we still have a worker shortage, and workers have a lot of power here to actually raise uh uh, salaries. So what's what's to stop these companies from just instead of laying people off, just cutting hours, being like, oh, okay, now you know to keep the same you know baseline of like what I wanted to pay per year to all my employees, just being like, you know, I'll just cut hours. Well, I hope that that's something that they're going to address in the talks because they also need to assure the employees that they're going to get enough hours to live as well as enough uh, money per hour to live. Yeah, uh, they need to be jobs that are ultimately fulfilling. Right. Or else what's the point of having the business in the first place? Yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, um, it's a step in the right direction, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out because, you know, I just, I'm, I'm just seeing it just being more of a push to more automation. And I just think like it, it helps I mean, and it I guess hurts. That'd be fine with me because those workers are then freed up to do other things besides food service, which is not necessarily the best thing for them to do. Like but we have not, a lot of like huge problems right now that could deserve some bodies being thrown at them, you know, I'm sure like other industries and production, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But I'm talking about for the fast food industry um, by itself. I mean, if you already have cooks, if you already have, you know, that entire staff, I mean, now you're just like, oh, I don't need these three people at the front of the restaurant, you know, managing it. I mean, that's three lost jobs. And if, you know, you go to all the different, you know, fast food chains in California alone, that's like hundreds of thousands of jobs that just get lost overnight. And again, it's becoming like a really big thing. Like a few years ago, like they just introduced the screens. And like I've, when I was in Chicago, like nobody even like went to the counter to even uh, you know, order from the people anymore. It was just everybody's in the back working and then you just go to the screen and you type out your order and that's it. This is getting into a broader discussion about like automation, automation. and fears it's, of automation. Yeah, right? it's going to be wild in like 15 years, 100%. Something like, you know, like the 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 job uh, most common and most crucial to our economy right now is like trucking, right? But yeah, trucking doesn't away. make a, a living wage as it is. There's too much competition for drivers mm-hmm. um, and not enough competition among the companies. Um, and those drivers, right? Yeah. You said they're, they're going to go away in a few years. Yeah, right? because And that also means all of the businesses that live off of truckers, like loves, uh, pit stops and those, uh, random one diner towns along the interstate. Yep. Yeah. All of those are going to be like hugely affected by that. But we're talking about forces here that are beyond any one person's comprehension or control. Yeah. Like that push to automation is going to be a, a, that's a fundamental driver of evolutionary change period. Right. Um, and those 
the truckers, you know, on the one hand, we could try a UBI, uh, that would be a solution to this. We could say the value gained by one robot automating a job, um, all of that value should be directed towards the person who replaced, uh, who that robot replaced, right? Um, and that person should essentially own the means of production there. The other way is to just sort of use the freed up labor to invest in other things. It might be really great if we can get food delivered to us or order food or um, make food with really low uh, energy costs in terms of human labor so that we can use that energy elsewhere. But see, the biggest thing, though, that I think we've talked about this, I think that, you know, with automation, a lot of jobs are going to go to space because... That's kind of the final. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, you know, yeah. take your yeah. take your pick on where we could put that extra labor. Well, right, you have to think society. about this is affecting everything, like in every little industry, and a lot of people don't really see it. They just see, oh, trucks and you know, but like, bro, Uber Eats, they have oh, those yeah. little cars ro- running around in LA now, where you know they go up to the restaurant and they open up, and then the, the employees just put the the food in there and then it takes off. That's going to replace. That. Uber Eats. All the Uber drivers. It, all and then also Uber. Yeah. And uh, I think it's Arizona or one of the states where they have automatic, fully autonomous cars now for a ride share. That replaces wow. Uber drivers. That replaces taxis. So I'm saying like there's so many industries that are going to be affected, you know, not just um, McDonald's by automation. So it's like, like million, tens of millions of jobs are like in the next 20 years will probably be lost because already if you go around at like Hollywood, West Hollywood, like anywhere in LA, you'll see those little robots delivering food to people. Oh right? yeah, yeah. You you see in states like Arizona and stuff like that, they're already like immediate. Like it's already happening. I think in San Francisco too, that those rideshare you know systems are already there. So I believe in the next twenty years, like we're going to see a massive loss of jobs, and it needs to be replaced. Like we've talked about, we we need more manufacturing jobs here. Um, space jobs, all kinds of different things, or like the economy is just gonna. I would love for that to be manufacturing jobs. I would love for us to re-import like a bunch of manufacturing and like. Well, what just, I think, you know, I, all I, those jobs that we exported like in the seventies and eighties, coming back, that'd be great. Well, I've had this conversation with Connor, and I think essentially, you know, what happened with Russia and the in the EU was a big like telltale sign of like you can't always trust them. You know, we were all peace and you did things and we were kind of like, okay, they took Crimea, whatever. But like, it's getting to the point, especially with China, where um, I don't think America will allow them to take Taiwan. And because of that, like they are holding us by the balls because we get so much from them. And so, you I know, mean, the we, world in general just gets a lot from Taiwan. I, well, no, I'm talking about China. Like, oh, oh I thought you were talking about the both, chips, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, well, yeah, both. We get a lot of our pretty much the world's chips come from Taiwan. Mm. But I'm saying essentially, Not America can't be America can't continue to work with China if they're going to constantly make threats on like trying to take over other countries that have our interests in line. So I'm saying essentially, you know, someone needs to step up and start making manufacturing jobs here. And I think the president of the United States needs to come to the table and be like, Hey, we're going to raise tariffs on them. So that way, you know, America, like we start buying in America rather than, I'd be great if we could do that. Cause I think Trump started doing that and then it just, not necessarily that, but sort he was of. raising tariffs on yeah. China and stuff, but he wasn't like, Which oh, contributed you know. to an inversion of the yield curve and a whole bunch of other negative effects, including yeah. less scientists on the ground in China as they escalated the uh, war between the bureaucracies. Yeah. And that, uh, those, those, um, 
that that lack of uh, intellectual resources contributed to the speed at which we were able to react to COVID. Mm-hmm. So we had very serious consequences in the end that trade war, um, as, as well as the, the effect it had on farmers here and mm-hmm. on our pocketbooks. You know that was it was very very high cost way of trying to uh, punish China. Yeah, it cost everybody. Right. So you're not saying even the Americans best effective too. way would have been to not only to start that from the ground up and like the highest level of governments because just raising just starting a trade war isn't the best thing but i like, think there's maybe... a great argument to be made that we should back off of taiwan entirely and not threaten the supply of chips there because china also relies on taiwan for some well, if china takes over oh, yeah if they get i don't it, then yeah they they view that they need to take it over as long as we keep looking like we might want to take over no because no they, they, china they, just wants taiwan just because like they don't. They, have, they don't need to do it. They can, as they have now. They can say it's already ours. It's just you know this rogue government. And then I mean that's as, literally what as the we says, increase yeah. uh, economic ties between Taiwan, China, and us, it becomes less and less a case where they are these separate political entities too. So there may be a way to, you know. Uh, I disagree. Uh, I think the CCP uh, is cooperation very... without increasing hostility I, I would disagree just because the ccp is very ideologically driven they don't care if the if the end result is them essentially getting getting back taiwan they'll probably do it another there, thing is they've so had so many statements about how they said yeah. they're going to do anything and everything to get taiwan so long as it doesn't back. result in them being they're vis- like completely destroyed they'd probably do it they're also playing a very long-term game in the south china sea um there's a great article on how they're thinking is a lot like the strategy game of Go, which is an Asian game, and this might be a facetious analogy, but it's still very interesting. Go uh, in in Go, uh, there are four corners where fights happen that tangentially affect the other fights, um, and it's a game of uh, low risk and trading risk, and they want to have the lowest risk position possible across the board that still nets them a small advantage when they know that the other player is also playing as well as he possibly can. So instead of trying to play for large uh, advantages and large uh, captures like the entirety of Taiwan, we should let them have a little bit of it so that we can have a little bit of it too. Um, that's the, the least bad option because it's really easy to overstep strategically and they also feel that risk of overstepping strategically and trying to take the South China Sea right now. Instead, they're slowly building influence there and that's the more safe option for everybody. Yeah, it's like Sivrev mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the influence, you know, you influence a city and you can take it over, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, right, you're trying, yeah. kind of like that, yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they did that very successfully to, to Hong Kong, to Hong Kong's yeah. detriment, right? Yeah. Um, and so we need to step in and manipulate that process a little bit, but we can't try to stop it entirely because they well, have too much power. There. I think you do have a point there because that's currently what's pro- that's probably what's going to happen because in the United States we're building new chip making factor- factories in like Arizona, and, which is good, mm-hmm. which is good. But why? Because we don't well, want to lessen the pressure on, yeah. on Taiwan, and exactly. that means that right. it lessens the pressure on them to take Taiwan. They could take it at high cost to everybody right now, right? or we could yeah. sell it to them ourselves as well, right. and they would become <laughs> not that it's our property. Whatnot, yeah, yeah. Right? No, no, no. I mean, we could sell our own chips too. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. That yeah. Was, but that also could, yeah. yeah. But. I'm, I'm just saying that I think that regardless, China's always going to, you know, um, 
go for Taiwan. I just think that once America has its own like chip making um, facilities, it's going to be like, oh, we can let them take it. You yeah. know, because right now it's like, yeah, we that's, don't that's want also China fine. to hold us by the balls again yeah, especially and have with, all the uh, chips. There's like a I've noticed in people there's been a rise of just not like almost isolationism. Like they kind of like people are caring less and less and less about what we do abroad. And to be perfectly well, honest, a lot of the places we are in abroad, we have no business being yeah, and, in. And we've let other countries take little bits of other smaller countries all the time, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's not that much of a, uh, a problem there if we don't need anything from that smaller country. Do you think uh, America's going to do anything with Armenia currently? Do no, you think I don't know much about that. No. Um, well, I don't know a lot, but I think it's just too, too, too messy of, I, for us to get involved. I don't know Politicians enough about. Are only going to get involved if they can get a clear cut advantage from it. Well, I, I don't know enough about it, but a lot of people have been posting about it, being like, "We're helping Ukraine. Why can't we help? You know, Armenia? Because I believe uh, Azerbaijan began attacking Armenia again." Mm, and well, uh, I had to see a map on that. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, subject, and you know now. Everybody wants America to, to again step in and help. Yeah, and they wanted uh, that the last time, and nothing happened. Yeah, and I think this was a, a big thing. Was it Armenia, or was something that uh, Russia just backed out of? Like, you know, they have their own version of NATO, and they mm -hmm. weren't coming to... I forgot which country it was, but they weren't coming to their aid. And then uh, a bunch of, like, I think it was Kazakhstan is backing out of the little bootleg NATO. And uh, it's, like, falling apart. I honestly think that Russia... They're going to lose this war in Ukraine, man. But uh could still be drawn out a lot. Uh, that section they took this week, Izium, uh, was the northern tip of Russia's advance. And Russia still has a pretty solid corridor all the way down to Crimea. So but it remains just... to be seen if that's really going to turn the tide of the war or maybe if the Ukrainians overstepped, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you it's think... that go game again. I think in general, it's just surprising that it's lasted this long because no one expected it. Why or is it surprising? It's going to last for years. Why, why, no, why I mean, is it like, Remember when we first were talking about it? We were like, dude, they're <clears> like going to be done in a Yeah, month. but what happened? America, Germany, in, like yeah. everybody was like, we're going to give them something. And America has been giving them tons of money, weapon, ammunition, uh, weapons, ammunition, and... Uh, Everything, like literally everything they could possibly need, we're giving them. So obviously, not quite everything. They requested a stronger missile system. Well, recently yeah, because we essentially, refused to give it to them. Yeah, because Russia said that if they were, there would be a to, red line. Yeah, they said it was the red line, and we'll we'll actually start World War Three if you give mm -hmm. them the capabilities to strike Russia. So, I just think, what is Russia going to do here? Because it's like, if they take back Crimea, if they you know take over, take back all they the, have, they have Crimea. They have, right now, yeah. they, not a, the entire entirety of Crimea, but they've taken back a large last portion. I, last I checked, they have they've had Crimea since 2011, 2012, something like that. I'm not talking about Russia. I'm talking about Ukraine. Oh, oh no, they haven't. Okay. No, they haven't touched Crimea. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, what are you talking about? Um, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Is they've said that they want to push back into Crimea and a lot of the other places that mm -hmm. Russia's taking. Donetsk and Ukansk. Yeah, so I believe you know. Obviously, this is a long conflict, but. I'm just curious what the what the game is here. Like, when is Russia... Like, again, they're using outdated technology, older tanks, older everything. And I'm like... When are they going to pull out? When are they going to, like, pull out the big guns? Or when are they going to, like, pull out of the country and just it's, realize it's, it's a lost cause? It, it depends on how long Putin lives and how much of he subscribes to his own ideology, like, ideological goals, as opposed to, like, how much loss he'll take. This is a case in that Go game where he has 
take too much, yeah. right? Yeah, and now it's uh, he, he's vulnerable because of it, um, and he has to continue going because he has warhawks in his own country that are egging him on, and he, his you know power as a leader is yeah. riding on success here. Um, so there's not a lot that could get him to but pull out. How that's old is he? He's got to be like know, late sixties. But that, that's what I'm saying. He kind of he, he dropped the ball. I mean, they had, literally. He had several. Uh, he had a year of self-isolation during COVID. He has a fear of vaccines and a fear of assassination, and uh, he I has mean, a really, really long table. He's so, 69. Yeah. He turned 70 in and, like and two he's, weeks. And he's deeply afraid of dying, um, and especially dying without uh, a legacy, um, as the creator of, an, of, a, of a new. Old Russia. Do you, do you think he, Russia will fall apart again? If he dies, oh yeah. Not even if he I, I dies. Think, I just think while know, this Ukraine I think it'd conflict, be a splintered it, power grab. 100%. Well, they're they're bleeding. They're bleeding money. They're bleeding capital. Their economies in yeah. the shitter. I mean, like they have to win. You like the Ukrainian war to you know progress at this point, and uh, from there it, it opens up the the door to like more territories being taken and stuff. But I mean. Do you think it'll be like the Soviet Union? It'll just Russia's going to collapse because again they're just bleeding money. They don't have the resources. They're currently losing a war. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. I think there's a real risk that uh, there'll be some sort of you know nuclear device detonated um, or a Inside nuclear Russia? catastrophe in hell no not in Russia Zafrisky, Zafrisky nuclear nuclear plant. It's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to say, um, and. Um, we should we should look for a, a more peaceful solution even if it means maybe keeping putin in power yeah um, that would be the easiest way to go would be to just say hey man this one's a wash you can keep your giant house as long as you don't touch anything um so yeah i don't know i wanted to bring it all the way back to automation and say that the hope is that automation and decentralization of manufacturing worldwide will lead to less stresses like this automated um, war no 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 there wouldn't be need to have there wouldn't be as much of a need for an automated war oh yeah because everybody be... had their own localized sources of electricity <laughs> and we didn't need to right. rely on other countries for gas in a one-sided agreement where they could apply leverage to us well, right? dude, that's that's sounds, you sound real conservative right now man what's going on <laughs> i i didn't think that was a conservative argument I thought no that i've was, just seen a lot of conservatives talk about that thing, but that's, I don't think it is inherently that's definitely also a, a leftist argument yeah oh, no yeah we i don't to, think it's inherently have, for any you know, it's yeah. a bipartisan thing or a yeah, partisan I th thing. i think the 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 conservative one if i'm able to guess is that we should not invest in automation but we should still have uh, decentralized manufacturing and we shouldn't trade with other countries as much but in that decentralized manufacturing thing I have you know globalized trade is still a downward push on prices and it is the thing that alleviates uh, crises in oh, individual yeah. pockets I, think, I don't think you can still rely on other you have a problem it's, it's not going yeah. anywhere but what we do need is um, we do need China to back off in that's what I'm saying is I think, you know, it, it, we need to stop relying so heavily on other countries for things like and we saw that with Russia and we saw it during the pandemic because we had a lot of medical stuff just does not come. From exactly. Here. We need to be able to like produce our own things. Exactly. And I'm not saying fully every single thing needs to be produced made in America, but we do need to like bring back manufacturing 
um, in many aspects because again, when it comes down to like a conflict, which again, uh, China and Taiwan, even though we don't want anything to happen, we don't think they will, they're just bluffing. But if they actually do, dude, that's terrible. They literally hold us by the balls and like, we will take away every single thing, pretty much everything, your, your lights, your, your video games, like everything that you, your cars, your shirts, everything is so much is produced in China. It's just, it'd be so bad if we went to war because it's like, we want to beat the out of you, but if we beat the shit out of you too much, then we don't get our, you know, we don't get our shirts. We don't yeah. get our, you we know what I mean? Yeah. Which is uh, another issue. And there's a huge yeah. cost to bringing so many supplies and resources over there to, to bear on that and yeah. not using those resources here. Yeah, there's yeah. just it's a very very thin line, and I really hope that China's smart enough to just like you said, keep playing the game, and mm-hmm. you know, just keep making statements and you know, showing force. Like if you keep doing that, America, we're gonna do something. Uh, they're probably just gonna keep doing that, but I mean, if they actually do cross the line, I'm very curious what will happen. So I don't know. What else were we gonna talk about? Not maybe such a downer. Well, there's not really there's nothing of, political that's not a downer. Yeah, I mean, it's for, for, oh, that's that's right. We were going to talk about uh, Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, Martha's yeah. Vineyard, Texas, and uh, all that that good stuff. I mean, I think that is uh, that's a power play right there. It man. is. I don't like the action of using people to prove your point, but also like everyone's kind of. Like, like it's everyone doesn't look great in this situation. Everyone me. doesn't look great because I think the Martha's Vineyard folks look pretty great. I do not. They said really? they don't have room for housing, and but people were looking stuff up on Airbnb, and they had plenty of room. Uh huh. Yeah, they did. You know, come out and you know, give them food and supplies, and they also and water did bust them out of there. And, you, and know. Like, you know, they did bust uh-huh. them out of there. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, it's not like they have any space either, though, right? No, they, 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 they said Obama could open his $12 million mansion. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know. But they did. They did have space, apparently. According to a bunch of Airbnb listings people found, they for sure had space. It's, it's not even uh-huh. that. I mean, I just think this this whole issue... I mean, and um, those Airbnb places weren't in Texas? <laughs> no. I, I, think, I think this whole issue is just more of, um, you know, the southern states that, you know, deal with, uh, you know, illegal immigration are just basically saying like, oh... This is what we deal with on a daily yeah, basis. Yeah, this is what we deal with. Yeah. And, you know, you're over here talking about what, what needs to be happening, how we can't build a wall and we can't do this. Okay, uh-huh. so we'll put them in your city and see how you feel. The, what happened? D.C., uh, New York, state of emergency. We do not have the capability. We can't do that. We can't... It's just like, what do you think is happening in these... these um, migrant towns. T- migrant towns in Texas and Arizona and bad. New Mexico. Like, well, the same thing is... Inflicted problem right because they just haven't invested in actually receiving those immigrants and building facilities for them or dispersing them should into not. the u.s well, we, we should shouldn't. not we should not we, should we shouldn't not. we should not there there's a legal process that you can go through to get into this country now given it sucks i'm not gonna lie we don't let in we let in first of all we let in more people than any other country in the world but on top of that you know you know, there's so many people that are trying to come to America. Yes, it's backed up. It's it's a pain. But the alternative isn't break the law and, you know, come across illegally. And then, you know, now you're putting yourself well, in What your is family. the alternative for them? The alternative would be, um, okay, for them, I, w- I would say this. that's I, a very complex see, question, man. That's, yeah, that's very there isn't much of an alternative, right? Yeah. They're forced by ecological conditions uh, beyond our control, really, to come here in search of a better life. John Kelly, uh, Trump's chief of staff, uh, started out as um, 
uh, right before he was the, the, the secretary to the Department of Homeland Security. He was the highest ranking military official in Central and South America. And uh, so he, uh, his, his major beef then was that there was no single way um, to keep migrants from coming in through some sort of deterrence or cost because the economic conditions down in South Central America were so extreme a driver of that immigration that people were willing to walk hundreds of miles without certainty of food or water during that trek to get there. People were walking their feet off, literally, to try to get to America and away from that situation. And I understand that. I think yeah. that, you know, those people obviously have a right to, you know, seek asylum, but we can only let in so many people. I mean, why isn't Mexico, well, we wait, have, wait, 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 why okay. isn't Mexico doing anything? I mean, Mexico... We're the, we're the ones with a, a job and a, a worker shortage and the capacity for increased workers So we just let, let everybody in, make everybody yeah, citizens? Yeah, we just can't just let people in from a different country. Why not? Because that leads to a bunch of whole... Well, one, first of all, you have to know who's coming into your country. Down the line. You can't just let... Like, you can't just... You don't just let random strangers into your home. I mean, there's we been so many terrorists, terrorists that have been found, yeah. um, you know, cartel members, all kinds of things that, you know, need to be addressed when coming across there's also mm -hmm. other like societal implications is that you ended up you end up in situations where people essentially grow up in their own subculture not tied to the larger culture or the community they are in in general and well that seems to be an argument for screening and greater integration or assimilation but but not deterrence well yeah well what, what leads to that essentially is like blocked off areas where like like no go zones yeah where and people like people are right. have sort of their own I was under the impression that that was a, a right wing myth no go zones yeah no oh, yeah. google it no those are very there's there's a couple have, places in I, France and Sweden there are <laughs> France and Sweden yeah, yeah Birmingham was reported as a no go zone Fox News uh, but that was I wasn't totally I'm not talking about Fox News none of the sources I've looked at when yeah. I look, took a look at this was like anything American it was all like foreign. you know foreign stuff yeah. the same thing applies like it's a really uh easy way to incite fear of the other look no no, 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 no i think i think you're getting look, we're you getting should, away from the point but there are for sure consequences to letting people in who are not assimilated i, I think fear of the other culture. is the central no, 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 point no, no, here no. because when you no. say there are consequences to letting people in like that's a really it's empty not, phrase right not, like, no what no, exactly no, 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 are no, no. The okay so the consequences are um again illegally if they are not here legally then they do not have the same protections under a law for, uh, you know, workers' rights. So we rights. can change the laws. So, but see, the thing is, you're looking at this as, like, why don't we just let everybody in and, like, have everybody come into our country and just give them all, like, you know, asylum and just, you know, there you go. Like, great. It's no, like, no, it doesn't work so. like that. At the end of the day, um, I think the biggest thing is, yes, changing the laws to allow more people in, but what's the number? We already bring in more people than any other country in this world. The number is whatever uh, is the current economic outlay of people coming in. This is this is a, a global market for for goods and services in which the Central and South American areas have too many workers and too little goods and services. And so my and point is, how, 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 what's the number? What's the number per year? There, there's no way to put it put a. A, a price because again, that, really. it's always going to be more. It's always going to be like, why don't we just what let the it... market decides, right? But at the end of the day, we can't just again. We we just talked about automation. We can't just continue to let every single person into this country. If you're seeking asylum, yes, we should expand. You know what's currently there, but there need to be like things in place currently to stop what's going on at the border: the sex trafficking, child sex trafficking, uh, the guns getting smuggled in and out of Mexico. 
Um, you I'm know, hearing the cartel this, like, problems. fear that the economy there is just no fear. can't take it. There is right? no fear. No. I think or, you, or no, separate. that the economy no, no, no. can't you take se- it, right? Separate, that, separate, that separate. separate. This is not a fear-based okay. thing at all. No, no, no. Essentially, what I'm saying is there's two different issues. Yes, we I don't think emotionally a fear, but still. Well, no, there's, there's two different issues. You have, you know, what the atrocities that are happening at the border, which are, you know, sex trafficking, drug trafficking. Uh, weapons trafficking, murder, um, murder human, child separation, yeah. the beating and detainment. Yes, by the, the facilities people. that Obama and Biden made. Yes, we know. Um, the ones that he also expanded and, you know, the same policies that he's been using, such as Trump's policies. Uh-huh. Yeah, those those facilities. Don't don't try to come at me with that. No, but I'm, what, I, I'm still saying that it's still an atrocity. I'm just saying, you know, a lot of people right? on the Democratic side are trying to be like, not, oh, it's so much gonna, better. You know, Say that it's not the case, but um, it's the same thing. It's, it's the same thing. Way worse same on the Republican side for what what, it's worth. whatever. The point I'm making is um, there needs to be something addressing the issue that can stop what's currently happening with the drugs that are coming over, with the sex drive, all the stuff that I just listed. That needs to be addressed. You can't just say let everybody in because that's going to continue. You're going to continue to have the thousands of people that die crossing the border, that die in Texas, the deserts of Arizona, New Mexico, that die crossing, people that drown in the rivers. Um, you're also going to still have and why weapons can't it trafficking. Just be let people in? Because it's not realistic. You're, again, what you're, what you're saying it, is it's it's that's such a huge what, strain on just you do understand. Well, we're already letting a lot of them in, so like the strain yeah, is and it's on not the like society the because they solution. aren't full citizens and they don't have access to a lot of the law and a lot of the resources that citizens have access to. Exactly, and they but aren't really represented in government. Again, too. I think we should separate this because again, it's it's really easy to talk about the you know the border crisis and just be like you know. Um, you you why don't we just let these people in it's there's two different issues here that like can be solved different ways um i'm talking about like the atrocities that are happening at the border and you're talking about like the legislation that needs to happen in order for more people to come in like, well legally. i think if you my argument generally is one of the things that will alleviate the pressure on the border sex trafficking etc cetera, etc cetera, is more of a public uh, ownership over the process of bringing people in and a more open border. But again, right? we need to establish like how many people are going to be allowed in per year. Because again, yeah. we are the country that has Do the we? most. Huh? Do we? I don't. I don't know. We. How many people does the world have that need to come? Do you have to understand? You know, like we don't really know. There that. are millions of people a year that are trying to come into this country. Uh, hundreds of thousands, because a lot of border crossings are repeat attempts. Millions. Majority, like, like the majority of illegal, million, the majority, the majority of illegal of immigrants, the majority, attempts, of, the majority so. of illegal immigrants are with state visas. You know that, right? I say that again. Majority of illegal immigrants have come over into this country uh-huh. through visas, and then they overstay, and they their, overstay visa, their, yeah. right? their visa, right? Yeah, so that's not a crossing. Yeah, and so essentially, what I'm saying is, how many and how people, many people of those are have, have no have visas? in general? How many people are we letting in? That, like currently that we're going to allow to stay here and, you know, flourish or whatever. What's the number? We, you need to have a number of like, we're going to let in a million why? people per year. Why? Because it's it, clearly it's a big issue of, yes, at the border, it's hundreds of thousands. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change in, in what the world economy needs and wants because those people that are staying here after the, their visa expires, they're staying because they have an economic niche that they're filling, that they can get money here and be paid to do something and produce for the economy. But then again, it creates that issue of, you know, they, they, they're not protected by American labor laws because they, they're not they citizens. They should be, right? And we then, should, you but, know, but you're encouraging, bad, visas, but you're encouraging right? bad behavior. Yeah. You can't encourage right. bad behavior. We, 
did, we need to open up the border and make it easier for them to stay because not, we're not being. Uh, that's such a. That's not a great solution. We're, we're not reflecting the current economic realities in our laws, and we're creating that gray zone, which is the problem, and that no, does lead to crime. No, I, I do think again we should reform the border in all aspects. I think that you should close the border. I believe in the wall because of the thousands of people that die, the guns that are smuggled into Mexico, which have literally c- created like armies for cartels, right? And it, they basically run their towns because of all the they freaking run weapon. Mexico. Would you would exactly. be in favor of legalizing drugs to alleviate the uh, power that the cartels have? No, because at the end of the day, you're still increasing their power overseas and in other countries, right? Just by because essentially you're just making it legal here. So now they're just. But like, here is the place with the immigrants problem, right? You you're jumping around, man. No, you, I, I want to holistically no, solve the problem, to other right? No, no, try to address each of your points with a policy. No, proposal. because essentially what's happening is all these drugs are getting smuggled into the country, right? Whether mm-hmm. it be sea, land, air, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Just by making it legal here, you're not discouraging the cartel from doing what they're doing. They're still going to rape, kill, take over governments, bribe officials, do whatever the f*** they want to do. Well, you would be alleviating some of their economic power because we're one of the main, you know, buyers. And then you would be alleviating the, you know, uh, coursing you of need to drugs explain how. through the How are you alleviating? Border. How is it alleviating? Oh, because people don't have to buy illegal drugs if they're buying legal drugs from... But you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're missing the point you that you're go into more still funding the then, cartel. Yeah. How are you funding the cartel? You're not buying drugs from the cartel. You're buying drugs from legal manufacturers here. What? I'm, I think on. you... I think you kind of lost us there because you kind of like, I don't know what you were saying there. I'm, s- I'm saying if you legalize, this is this is a common, uh, this is happening now with marijuana and this is a common situation. Okay, well you have to clarify governments. that because okay. you, yeah. were, it made, you made it sound like legalize it and allow the no, cartel I'm to continue you know, one of, one of, one of yeah. the problems that you're citing with illegal immigration and with high amounts of immigration is that you're going to get like increased crime and an open border means that there's going to be no, drugs and that. stuff coming up, right? I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not Trump. I'm not like, oh my God, the rapist, the... the murderers and i'm not that's not what i'm saying essentially what i'm saying is that there is the cartels and essentially they are currently doing things that lead to deaths not only in america uh-huh. but on the mexican side um and essentially if you build a wall you d- you decrease that you're all why do you decrease that by building because a wall a deterrent it's it's a deterrent uh sex trafficking smuggling um, all different kinds of things. Yeah. Yes, they can still build tunnels. We already know they're going yeah, to continue to do seems, that. It seems to increase the cost of them doing business, but it doesn't deprive them of a market. It you're, makes just incri- it sig- you're basically no, no, inflating no. drugs. It literally makes it's it significantly a, you know, harder to yeah. sex traffic, traffic women and children across the border. It makes it harder to make money off of immigrants just trying to come to America. Like That market disappears because now it's like, scale this massive freaking wall or spend millions of dollars building a tunnel. So now, like you said, it increases that cost and you'll see a lot of illegal crossings at the border go down. So, again, I'm for the border wall, not because of Trump, not because of the he's saying. I'm for it because of the thousands of people that die per year that, you know, would not have died if there was something in place to keep them from just walking across. Right. The the guns that are smuggled into the country, into Mexico, which are contributing to the violence there, you know, that would be a lot harder now that they have to go through vehicles and planes and they have to go. They can't just walk across the border anymore with weapons. Same thing with 
drugs and all the different things that they're smuggling into the country. They can't just walk across anymore. Now they, there's an increased cost to them, and now those those things decrease. I, I know On that's, the, that's like time, common sense that you're increasing cost there, but you really have to ask what is the cost to them to stay, and is the cost for them to stay where they are greater than the cost well, of trying let me, to get let over me the finish. wall. So essentially, we what we need to do is do build whatever build the wall whatever they need to do make it harder for them at the border but then at the same time we also need to you know expand what we currently have now for asylum seekers and and things like that yeah right so, so i that's what i'm saying is i don't want to just be like you and just say hey just let them in it's okay just increase no the amount you of want a in. full I rehaul want, of the entire program i want the i want the, the the things that are happening at the border to stop i want illegal crossings that lead to deaths that lead to sex trafficking drug trafficking weapons trafficking i want that to go away and that'll it's hard to go away, but it'll significantly be reduced if you build, if you put a literal like forty foot wall in the place. I, th I think that sounds like common sense, but the cost to their their trip of up the border is so high that the cost uh, uh, increase of a wall is marginal in comparison. So they're still going to try, and that's been the nah. expert uh, opinion. And I'm including John Kelly in this, even though he's an asshole sometimes. Um, uh, it, at the uh, immigration. Uh, think tanks and agencies that deterrence um, th there's no way that we can actually pay enough or afford deterrence that is high enough to actually make a difference because all of the differences in uh, immigration flows have um, been related to economic conditions in Mexico and South America none of the changes in immigration flows have been related to deterrence systems. But that you put see, in but place. you see how you're like kind of like dancing around what I'm saying. Like, no, no, no. I don't. I, I think I think I got what you're saying, and and I want to make it clear that like, for one, there's a really really high cost to us to deterrence. Like that wall costs you know like 20 billion dollars to build and guess and what's billions happening? of dollars and what's after happening? each year in order to do that and that money would be better spent and what's on happening? trying to bring people in what's happening right? now what did the biden administration recently do they got forced into doing it through legal maneuvering right so there's they're still doing it you know maybe because there's they're some building right that wall people in the, the, in, in the government administration that is forcing it along or they're being uh, you know forced by interest groups to do so but that's not really the position of like the, the democratic okay so so what's what's right? wrong with because again i know a lot of people are going to think oh this guy's a republican whatever i don't What's wrong but with having a secure border? What's wrong with having a secure border and then changing the policies to allow more people in? It That's costs a lot to have a border as secure as you want. And that border is, it, that, that cost is so high, it involves, you know, people maintaining the wall, working to do that, that aren't working on something else. It involves uh, the opportunity cost of not having new workers that are otherwise maybe dissuaded by the wall if it would work. It's the opportunity cost of increasing the power of their cartels because they have to invest in themselves in order to overcome the wall. There's a whole bunch of stuff there. But see, that's what I'm saying is like you're approaching this issue with like, you know, here's my ideal world of like what'll happen. Yeah. And like, you know, all these different policy initiatives need to happen for this to change and that to change that. And I'm like, that is such like a very, very, very difficult thing to do, which like legalizing drugs, all kinds of drugs and 
you're not going to. I'm hit- just suggesting, like you know, because we're both envisioning like ideal policy worlds where building a wall of that size is actually possible. Well, I'm years looking at it as an independent trying, thing. As, I'm just like, trying to like elicit opinions on some leftist proposals because if you convince people that these proposals are good, then it's not so unfeasible to produce that's right that's why i'm saying is i'm looking at this as an independent view of like i'm not a trump supporter that's gonna Mm -hmm. be like oh Mm -hmm. my god like build the wall because of the rapists and the mexicans and the bad people like i'm not looking at it like that i'm looking at it like let's decrease all the bad things happening at the border with the wall but also let's change the legislation if you change the legislation to make it easier to bring people in and people are uh pushing themselves towards that option then you don't need the wall right no no because again we, we, the point that you're missing is that the cartel is still going to be sex trafficking yeah. weapons trafficking you know well, the cartel are the people with the finances uh that give them the ability to overcome the wall so really you know if the wall did work then it would be preventing regular people from walking prevents, over but not preventing but that also cartel. does but that also does prevent deaths i mean yeah. Tens does it th- prevent deaths? The legislation it would cause them. It, it prevent, no. it, tens of thousands of people die. I think it's like, it's like. 10, but if it made it harder, yeah, people do but then die people trying to cross still, the border. Yeah, absolutely. And if you made it harder, but you didn't alleviate the the reasons but that they were coming, you would just talk about where they're dying. You, you would people are like increase the dying. Dying. You understand they're just like walking. I know. I am. Yeah. That's that's exactly what I want to help here, right? Yeah. He's saying if you build a wall, people are less likely to cross, whether it is through drug traffic. Well, they're more likely to expend higher costs trying to get across, right? Yes, they will. But I'm saying is that you make it, which would be bad because there would be more deaths. What? You? I'm so lost. Right? How did you? Wait, wait. Say that again. You know, if if you increase the cost of going over the border, but the cost of staying in South America is still too high, then people will still try to cross, um, but there will be a higher toll on them as a group in order to get across. And that will mean them waiting behind the wall for a way to get over and, and dying of dehydration there. That'll mean them paying more money to cartels or somebody to get them through a tunnel. That'll mean them uh, trying to... Um, go towards a point in the wilderness that's easier to cross, like on a river that we couldn't, you know, build a wall over yeah. or whatnot, right? And then they get washed away in the river, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, but there's things, if you if you build a wall, you condense a lot of where that's happening. Yeah, at. if you build, most people would see it and then just not and probably try yeah, to Yeah, because again, just when, they have, when they have little kids, they're not going to be like, yeah. ah, should I try and scale this 40-foot wall with my child who could fall and die? I don't know if it's worth it. Why, why don't I go down to the other part of the border, like you said, where there's the well, river? They're, well, they're literally be, willing to risk death in order to get across. But my point is, if you bottleneck it and you can control it, it's better. And then again, I'm just I'm more for the wall because of all the deaths, all of the sex trafficking, the drug traffic, the rape, all all that. I want uh-huh. that to go go bye bye. I want it to be significantly reduced. I don't want the people that are coming here legally to be paying the cartel. So again, you have that expand the policies on uh-huh. you know making it easier, but also you know, making it harder for the cartel to make money off of immigration. If you just open it up, right? Right. That's yeah, that's the same argument that I was making with legalizing drugs, right? If, if you have a, a, a controlled non-black market, then you eliminate the power of the black market, right? Um, but good luck. But that's the thing is... You have no control of what's what, going to happen. Okay, like, let's, let's put this in perspective. What makes more sense, okay? trying to get people to come together and say like, we're going to build the wall, but we're also going to make these policy initiatives or like, Hey, we're going to like legalize all drugs 
and uh, just open know, up the border and let and whoever open, and allow the border yeah. open and people just you know. Well, I see the wall as equally um, infeasible as a political. Well, no, no, I'm I'm, I'm saying as a sense of like getting people to the table, right? If we had, mm-hmm. I'm not a Republican, but I, if, I don't I don't think we're going to legalize drugs. I don't think we're going to get anywhere near actually building the wall. I think it's a political. Know, yeah, they're building it now. They did. They did a couple of studies when they tried, um, uh, when they tried building walls, and when they tried uh, catch and release, or when they um, increased security on certain parts of the border but not others. It had a, uh, uh, I can't remember the word. It was like it was a bubble effect where they would just be pushing immigration around into other easier weak points around the points. That's what where I they said. That's what I'm saying. Is if you build yeah, the wall entirely, you're 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 regulating it's not regulating but you're was it subjugate what is what's the word um abrogating yeah reducing you're you're putting them directly into that one point where you can focus more resources to like receive those illegal well you'd have to have the same allocation of resources for deterrence across the entire wall not necessarily but some areas would require more to deter- more resources no, you to achieve that level of deterrence than others yeah. you right would, you would only need like if you had just let's, for hypothetical reasons like just a giant cement wall you would need less uh-huh. resources probably in a desert you would just need some probably some basic patrol or whatever and, and then and maintaining then, and, then the and then have it where the, where you have and, a lot and then more the, resources. The, the farther away the, from the like your center of resource distribution, the more money you need to spend to get resources there because it's easier for people to cross in the wilderness away from your resource distribution than it is closer to your resource distribution. But then they also right? there's increased risks of death and all kinds of other things. And it's yeah, but they're still going to take those risks because they're already. But risky you also death, have to think, to there, you know, with right? drones and automation, and you know that taking over the world. I mean it'll be a lot easier to spot those things uh, uh-huh. and then what happen. do you what do you do when you spot them they just re- they that's just, what predator they just drones attempt. are for you just send a miss no I'm just playing they, that's, that's where they're, joking, that's where you're I'm going joking. that's where these republican governors want to go right I don't think they want to I don't think they want to just kill people people <laughs> yeah, little... I don't think republican governors want to you know bomb people from a different country in a, a different country's territory You got it. Um, no, I don't think they I would want to do that on the Mexican border. Wait, what did you say? Because I didn't hear it. I said I don't think uh, Republican governors would want to bomb people from a different country in another country's, in another territory. country's territory. Oh, they would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they Most governors, like a lot of politicians, would love to do that. Dude, honestly, if Mexico <laughs> just said we could f- the cartels, dude, it'd be over. They wouldn't do that because the cartels own the government. Realistically, I like, know, but if we could just like weasel our way in there and like you know, freaking be like, do this or else, then uh, like no. we do with pretty much every other country. Oh, I don't. Uh, I, you know, I I I want to. I think World War Three is going to be like most of North America versus Mexico. <laughs> I, I want to like, know real versus fast. primarily the cartels. Like, are you are you crazy. against dru- uh, legalizing drugs because you think it's infeasible or because you think that other people well, wouldn't agree? Here's the thing: is I don't one I think that people won't agree especially when you're talking about like a lot of these yeah. other states then they won't agree but you think and it would work I I don't think it would work because um the cartels already have like legal drug stuff here wait wait no but wait the point I'm making is we you don't just, have the resources currently in place to help those that get addicted to drugs so why yeah. would I want to make it legal to make it easier for people to do drugs and get addicted well, and then get into a system that sucks and then our healthcare system sucks the, the, and then Health insurance the, sucks. The, so it kind of is like 
Why? The idea is the resources that you're spending on resources that you're spending on deterrence and enforcement are redirected towards um, getting people off of drugs and monitoring. But and you also people create a bigger issue when yeah. you make it. You, there's way <laughs> more bigger systemic changes that. Uh, well, you also have direct control over who gets it and when because oh, really? you have. Oh really? Like the little fifteen-year-old girl that just overdosed in a you know school in Hollywood. How would how would that help children if we legalized well, all drugs? Well, she was she was getting it from an illicit black market yeah, source, yeah, yeah. right? But I'm saying like, how would that have you know if drugs were legal? What's to stop kids from getting it? Well, there's all sorts of uh, ways to reduce the amount of drugs that get away from the person that you sold them to once you have control over the sales you process understand. you can give them less drugs at let a time me, you can require that let me they stop you real quick let me stop the real drugs quick. in a certain place you but know. you you see how there's all these other things that go into legalizing it yeah and so essentially i'm i'm with you if we could legalize drugs that's what i want to know and huh wait who what that's wait. what i want to know if you if you're with me if we could legalize drugs and then make it work that if, would be better, yes, right? Yes, it would That'd be. That'd be so hard to enforce not, not but people the, not the just problem, selling it randomly. But that's what I'm saying know. is my thing is it won't work because, one, we have to get all the states on the same board. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. I mean, there's still states that well, weed is you know, legal. weed uh, is slowly marching its way across but that's the United weed. States, right? Weed, you cannot overdose and die from. Percocet. It, it does show that if, if, if one or two states have success with a policy, and this is true, you know, states with the laboratories, right? That's what states' right advocates want to say, mm-hmm. um, that after a couple of states have success with it, you know, online gambling, marijuana, um, uh, e- battery and EV vehicle technology, other states start. But we're not talking about like meth, right? bro. This is like like meth yeah. and this crack is a and much dangerous and This is a much dangerous fentanyl substance, and, and there's two, like, if you just illegal, if you just like legalize it, like the black market would f-ing explode because people would just immediately just go in large buying legal port like a large sums of legal drugs and being like, hey, I'll sell it to you for. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, is, if there's no and there's no way to place. there's no way to like actively enforce that without, without becoming just like a dystopian. Like, there's there's a clinic society. in uh, Vancouver that runs um, uh, legal heroin and now fentanyl. Um, supply mm-hmm. for people who are already addicted to heroin and fentanyl. And those people go to the clinic, they do their drugs there in a safe environment, and they make sure that they don't overdose, and then they leave. There's not really an indication that those people are like using the clinic as access to a supply of drugs that they can sell to other people. A, because they don't sell anybody very much at any one time, and they keep track of where you're going and which clinics you've well, been that's, to. That's, that's more control of that drug. But that's that's more control. Right, yeah. We want more control, and we want the ability to apply What about control. cocaine? What about heroin? What about meth? Like, right, there's yeah. a lot yeah, yeah. that's just... We want to make sure that the, the, the cocaine is... Um, is is pure and not laced with fentanyl that you're getting dosed right mm-hmm. that you're getting a smaller <laughs> dose every time but if you're on a plan to get off of it the point you know. is there's too many moving parts for that to even be fathomable too many moving fathomable, parts fathomable you want right to now. change like 20 things to get to your ideal society or like to your ideal solution to this he wants to change maybe because maybe essentially five. what happens is if you want to do what you're talking about you now need to advocate you know gov- government resources to opening up facilities where people can now do drugs mm-hmm. right because again we can't just make them free because then what happens is i could go to the store okay i'm not gonna use myself as this example but someone could go to the store go buy drugs and then sell them to kids you know mm-hmm. so it becomes like 
like you said, it the black market just explodes. So then now you have to create a program and convince other states like Republican mm. states, like, hey, you should legalize drugs and also spend a ton of money, you know, towards this program. Of, well, you, you know, know you, do, you, you run it as a pilot program in an area and then you get some data and then you pitch it to the wider area. Okay, how long is that going to take? Or it's in, in the process right now, right? That right. Vancouver well, program how long is a do you pilot think program. That would take? I don't know, like a year. Yeah. Okay. Try, how right? long we are trying. But that's not even, how long do you think it would take to get to across to all 50 states? I don't know. 15, 20 years okay. if it's very successful. Now, what about the other issues that you had proposed for proposed to help solve like the border crisis? How long do you think that would take? Uh, it was opposed to doing nothing a lot faster, right? Um, but uh, towards opening up the border and um, uh, making sure that uh, people that are coming across have access to job opportunities and huh. whatnot, giving more resources to placement areas and um, uh, more resources to sanctuary cities, you know, getting uh, them onto the citizenship track and getting them. So, what's wrong like with that. what we're doing now? We're shipping the How long do you think yeah, that, yeah. I think that would take if we all woke up and started to do that now? Um, I don't know, a couple, three years or something like that. Three years? So, like, we're looking at. I'm just spitballing here. I don't know. Right. How long do you think it would take for them to just build to, the to, wall? To build the wall? Yeah, to build a wall and then... Well, it's assuming that the wall would have any effect and that that effect would not be negative, that that effect would be what you would want. Um, yeah. I you think know, I, I'm pretty it'd sure. It would take a few years to build the wall and then many more years to continue to maintain well, that no, you're no, not it's, spending well, it's on not just the wall. The it moment was, you the, build it, wall, it you start seeing the positive wait, effects. Wait, wait. It's, it's, I said it's the wall and the policy Yeah, the policy changes at the mm-hmm. same time. So yeah. while you're building the wall, you're also making the policy changes. So essentially... As the, the weird thing about that uh, situation is that they're sort of mutually exclusive policies. Like if you made... Uh, once the wall was built and if it did have a deterrent effect... Um, the uh, policy of, of an open border would make the wall l- or, or, or at, at least uh, a more open way of, of getting into the country through, um, you know, like a, a, a mass throughput system of becoming a citizen or a worker. Uh, as that system became more efficient, there would be less and less need for the wall, right? No, because like you said, when we talked about this before, you know, whenever you build something like a freeway. There's an increase in, in throughput, right? Yeah, and essentially we're just going to, it's going to rush to meet capacity immediately after we open up. Like if we said tomorrow we're going to allow 300,000 people in per year, right? Jesus, that's a lot. Then uh, it's going to rush to meet capacity immediately. And then it's going to be a few years down the uh-huh. line. Okay, now we're going to 500,000 and it's going to immediately... Rush to meet capacity. Rush to meet capacity. And then it's going to be like, all right, now we need 600,000 and seven and then a million. And that's what I'm saying is it's like, you know, there's always going to be that rush to capacity. It's and just not people are going to go back the to going to the old way of getting of into the, the country. economy is the point at which people don't want to come because there aren't many opportunities anymore. Um, the, the opportunity and like, market again, has filled. Like I said, with we right? talking about automation, that's coming a lot quicker than people understand. Well, I'm glad we went back to that because um, the last thing I was going to mention was this, there's a famous essay. I can't remember if it's by Bertrand Russell or Milton Friedman. I think it's by Bertrand Russell. So it's from the 20s, but it's about the dream that automation would decrease the amount of hours that we would work during the day. That eventually... Have you seen iRobot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to I get to that because the, like, the, the weird perverse interaction that our economy has had is that as we have grown more productive 
we have also worked more and either some of what we have made is useless and it shouldn't be made and we should be directing our efforts elsewhere or we should use that automation to give us some more time during the day to work less. So if we have a society that's automated, we don't have to work, right? There is no need for that how do you, job. How do you, well, how do the people that are down there on the low, lower on the totem pole, how the hell? Well, because it's so cheap to make the burger because it's automated, it's, there's no need for that person to have a job and work a lot to get the burger, right? That's for fast food. Yeah, it, it applies generally to the whole system in which there is an automated post-scarcity Well, I'm, I'm saying we lose all our truckers, we lose all those towns. Then it doesn't, then it doesn't matter where, where people are if, if we are in an automated post-scarcity society. Like, you know, they could be in Central America or here as long as we can we get the goods to them, right? We will never be in a post-scarcity society. That's just that's, not That's happen. the yeah. other idea is that as uh, we automate some things, jobs open up elsewhere and it's like a natural said, yeah. process Space. of people... You know, allocating to new sources of work and revenue and production, and yeah, we increase yeah. production we'll, 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 generally. We'll so, in that case, this uh, fear that automation is going to reduce jobs or leave vast swaths of people out of work permanently is I don't you know, think roving mobs. Is, no, I think, I don't new think markets would open happen. up, but like but I, yeah, post scarcity is like, not like the, the to get to a post scarcity society. We that we we need that's so like you you wouldn't say of years down the line. You that's wouldn't say that it would be a depression or. Recession. I, I think uh, recessions will precede the automation. Um, mm -hmm. That recessions, as they increase the cost of work and decrease revenue, will push companies towards investment, especially because during re recessions, the cost of goods is actually like cheap relative to the hot times. And so that's the time to like build infrastructure. And historically, especially like in, after the 2008 financial crisis, like automation rose in short bursts. Um, and that's the trend after every recession. After the um, well, early saying, recessions in the U.S., um, companies came out of that more efficient with more automation. But right? I'm saying you don't think like when automation really takes a hold, when the trucking companies are basically finito and those towns go bye-bye and, you know cars are well, it, taking it over might, Uber you know the adjustment period might be a problem which is why which is we need I'm some saying, regulation like about that or right a reg a recession or a depression that's what i'm saying like do you think it would lead to that if when we did nothing about it and then didn't and everybody kind of sat on their thumbs and didn't uh try to you know find other jobs for those workers but i don't i know i don't really think that's going to be so much of a problem because hopefully oh, yeah. everyone in this room is yeah. for more, uh, you know, public investment in people if they do lose their job to automation or investment in companies that will give them another job. Afterwards, yeah, we got to right? be real proactive about automation because it's a yeah, think, yeah, yeah. We still I have think to that we re it really starts, but but like that's that's something that we can we can deal with, right? Yeah, and I think it really goes back to like schooling, and I think we need to see that push the next few years of like uh, school choice trades, no, no trades coming back into schools and. Uh, you know, more like probably need to have job fairs, like showing people that there's, you know, things that they're not even showing in school, like coding, which is like needs. They need the jobs public school system the tech industry. needs to be completely gutted and remade because it's just it's garbage. It's it just, really is. It's really bad. We're, we're literally some people succeed in it. And, you know, they go to college and they actually go through the whole program. But so many people go to college, drop out, have debt. You know, they're screwed. So many people, you know get out of college and they don't really do much and then you know now they gotta like kind of find their way through life and eventually like yeah, years down the line like they're like oh I wanted to be a construction worker but if they were exposed to a trade they might have found that out sooner there's sooner, a bunch you know. of basic shit in school that 
should be taught like taxes how to you know f- tons of sh- taxes um uh, basic stuff damn man people huh? need manners. life skills manners? life skills life yeah. skills yeah. how to change your oil sh- like that yeah and, and, and i don't want to totally you know how, many how to change your oil people, what I, do you mean you can't change oil on an ev <laughs> i don't i, I don't want to totally shit on yeah. liberal arts too because that's still really valuable in this world oh, like yeah. we need to understand media we need to understand philosophy and logic and rhetoric mm-hmm. and language and stuff but like that right? that goes back to the majority of kids in this country go to public school yeah but so also there needs need to be to reform they need schools. to be more efficient because there's no goddamn reason why you need to be taking two english classes in college again at least for out here not even so that you should I mean, have i, I think, think in, by, i think by freshman year of high school you, you should you have speak english like no, i think you're it's pretty not good at that it. like, it's that by the time by the time before you get out of high school you should have enough of a hold on the english language to where you know how to write an essay and you don't need to take more english classes in college unless well, you're going to be an english the function major. of english classes to give them their due again i don't want to shit on liberal arts is not to simply use english as a communication tool but to understand how language is used as a communication yes, I'm tool saying especially analytics before you leave high school right okay yeah so yeah there's no reason that i had to take two freaking classes so critical race theory you're saying in high school is a way to go no well that's an analytical style i mean i'm not necessarily i I think i'm not necessarily for or against critical race theory i'm all for schools looking at specific theories and looking at it all theories from a critical standpoint. Well, I just want to illustrate some of the uh, headway against that um, because uh, analytical styles, which I definitely think we all need to have a handle on, include Marxism, uh, feminism, psychoanalysis, and critical race theory, right? Um, and the fact that those, you know, have um, some anathema against them, especially in uneducated circles that aren't really clear on what they are, uh, that's the problem that we need to address by making education stronger in america right yeah but should we start with critical should we start with critical race theory should we start with like trades and schools yeah i mean we should do both right i mean i just think like like you see now with you know the the media you know misconstruing there's there's a bunch of critical race theory yeah like i think it's it's kind of hard to make headway against something when you know you're you're going after some big ticket items that you know need more understanding um, well, I the, think it needs to be you know, more the, fleshed out. The, the push to reform schools, schools on the right right well. now. It, that that would be my contention. Is that you know I don't think there's a lot of um, uh, uh, meeting in the middle between the right's need to quote unquote reform schools and the left's need to quote unquote reform schools for a more well, science because I think we need to go after things that are more like sentence like yeah not things that most things are really that would be beneficial yeah if if you go to any parent and be like you know we want to add trades in schools they'd be like Uh yeah because oh the majority of you know uh my family were were, uh plumbers or they were construction workers or electricians or whatever exactly they were making good livings and i think you know if we just went to the table of that like let's bring trades back into schools let's uh have one they have to take at least one class about taxes you know they have to take uh, you know, they have to get, at least have like a job fair that shows, like, introduces people to you know coding and you know trade. You should bring back take the, your kid to school. I, to work I had all yeah. of these things in my small town high school. I had a job fair. I took workshop. There was an automotives class there that was really popular. Was it? I by couldn't get into or mandatory? it. Uh, it was mandatory that you took one sort of trade. Mm-hmm. class a lot of people took computers well, and lucky. coding which is yeah. another one you're that's lucky. pretty normal for like most you know high schools i thought right no, no. 
We don't have that. No. We didn't what have did that. You guys, we you, had, did like, you have AP eight, classes? Yeah, we had yeah, AP but we, classes. There for, was like a for, trade school program, but like you, you had to go, you, you had to go to another it. school after school mm-hmm. to go to that trade school and you had to like make the effort to, you know, do that yourself. They it was didn't like, tell you, they almost didn't tell you it existed. Yeah. Also. Like you had like art class, you had like wood shop and that was it. There was no like, well, there's a bunch of music program. The music program was great. No, no, no. But I'm, I'm talking about like, you know, when it comes to like plumbing, uh, construction and you know little like you know trades mm-hmm. trade trades like welding and stuff like that um mm-hmm. that was more, not... more language classes i've also heard as a thing we should you know be learning a second language well lang- yeah possible. language yeah. was there but i'm saying yeah. i'm talking about like actual like like bringing trades and making it like in years where they have to take at least one trade i mean bro they, if they had that at our school so many people that i know where they're, where they're at now would probably be a lot better off in life if they just had that. Because I have so many friends that got into construction like four years after high school and it was like... You just bro, wasted a ton of money on college. Yeah, it's like and you could have known yeah. if, you had, if you had been exposed to that, you could have been like, oh, I'm doing this after high school. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to go to college. I'm going to go to trade school for like two years and then be done, you know? So there's just so many things that, you know, need to be done to the to the education system. And I think there's a lot of things that Americans can come to the table on and especially Republicans and Democrats. But if you're starting with like critical race theory, where that takes a lot of understanding and like a lot of in-depth conversation, you're going to be kind of like lost where now like states, well, they, I think you know, they like don't Florida's understand actually, the value. I think that should be really something safe for college. Cause that's something that would, uh, college is supposed to be where you go and you explore ideas that totally f- with your worldview. So you come out of it as a different person. The way to, you know, create an open mind in someone is to start young, right? There's a great study I saw recently. Uh, people who read fiction earlier have more open minds and are more open to new experiences and mm-hmm. generally more liberal. And liberal in a good lowercase l, right? Because <laughs> um, uh, I don't want to tread on identities here. Um, and, uh, and, and analytical modes are one of the primary... Uh, ways of achieving an open mind and that's why they absolutely should be taught in elementary school you should be able to look at um, a a media piece from multiple perspectives and Mm -hmm. uh, multiple cross sections right so you can look at my favorite example is you can look at star wars from uh, the perspective of critical race theory as in how does race um, play into star wars oh dude the empire is very snooty and they they favor humans they're white yeah well, right. not, it's yeah. not it's just it's based course, off of America. Right? Like, come on. Yeah, it's and, based and, off of a lot of things. Yeah, Vader and, is based off. Of, Vader and the stormtroopers are based off of the Nazis. They use World War II footage for uh, some of the flight paths in the original trilogy. They specifically used like World War II footage, America and Vietnam, uh, uh, the Empire versus the the uh, Ewoks. Yeah, and there's also there's, this there's element of like things. in taking part of the other there, uh, where the droids are discriminated against and left out of bars, but also the villains are more incorporating technology into themselves, um, and that is a loss of their humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's lots of things you can talk about in terms of race, even with Star Wars, and you can approach that uh, approach many different things from that perspective but, my, but the point right? is is that like that's you said, its own you people don't it's really know hard enough. for it's not it's that's it's a weird thing to impose our own racial sh- onto a totally well it's not imposing thing. racial sh- because you're not necessarily um imposing or prescribing conclusions about okay. star wars and race that's not what cl- critical race theory is about like the theorists that use it to interpret the uh uh 
you know, laws and institutions, especially where this was uh, popularized at Princeton, were coming to conclusions that, you know, race was infused into institutions and um, it was uh, something that was inextricable from them. Um, but uh, they didn't necessarily have to come to that conclusion just by thinking about it in terms of race. And thinking about something in terms of race is not necessarily like capital R racism as well. You know, I, I've been waiting to say that. As long <laughs> I was waiting for this discussion on critical race theory, right? Yeah, because like, it's in as much as differences between people do exist in identity, mm -hmm. um, you have to be able to look at that. You can't simply ignore it, right? Yeah, but the right. thing is, people aren't going to be having, especially when it comes to like Republicans and Democrats coming to the table on this. They're going to see like the extreme view of like a teacher. Yeah, they seem the, crazy in the classroom yeah, yeah, yeah. that like should not be doing what she's doing. And then they're going to take that extreme example and be like, this is critical race theory. Well, this this focus on the extremes um, is exactly what we should be, you know, uh, teaching out of the current generation. Right. And we should be trying to uh, promote not focusing on the extremes and on the straw men of the other side. Right? Yeah, um, but again, because the, those teachers that are being quote unquote extreme are committing the same sin uh, that the people who focus on them are doing. Right. They're, they're not approaching uh, an argument or life with the benefit of the doubt, the principle of charity and, you know, an argument in good faith. And mm -hmm. that's my point. So overall, getting back to like how this started, you know, we need to focus. In my opinion, I think we should focus on things that are a lot easier things that we can actually pass in legislation and we can get to critical race theory later. Because I think that, yeah, high school should be safe for essential life skills and stuff like that. And getting, being able to understand basic shit like English to where, to the point where you don't have to you take it anymore in college, but it's not in, if you like want to, you can, if you want to waste your money, go ahead. Uh, but, I, you know, I think critical race theory is probably something personally I would like to see saved more so for, either senior year of high school yeah. or like college. You know, to, to talk about it in, in like academic terms and to introduce academia and research philosophy and like that, mm -hmm. um, that's well and good to be saved towards uh, college. But um, there's a great book out recently um, where this guy recorded his philosophy talks with his children. Um, it's called uh, Nasty, Brutish, and Short, um, which is a reference to the famous political treaties where... Uh, I want to say it was Smith. I always get the two confused. Uh, said that life before civilization was nasty, brutish, and short. And mm -hmm. this author, his kids are also nasty, brutish, and short. Yeah. Um, but they're really into philosophy. Like when you have that open creative mind as a child, like that is the time to focus on like liberal arts, again, not with academic names and whatnot. There but are, like, there are to issues like, with everything though, because again, then you still have those really extreme teachers that do crazy shit. And then they, you know, f it up for everybody. So I think, you know, if it is introduced, it needs to be like strictly introduced and in, like what you can and cannot do. Just like how in schools, you're not uh, you're not supposed to, you know, um, there's very specific ways in which you teach how we look at the Bible. Well, yeah, you can't talk and, about and your how we look at sexuality, right? Yeah, you yeah. can't you can't um, bring in your own religion and force it upon like students. Like if you acknowledge uh -huh. one religion, you have to acknowledge all religions. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Same yeah, thing. Like, secular approaches, yeah, they, right? They need yeah. to have that approach when bringing that into schools, rather than just like, okay, we're gonna do it, and then like you have that extreme version where now you are 
with children and you know the parenting and like it's just there's a lot that could you know go wrong so if it's introduced the proper way i think you know it could go well um but it's also getting republicans to come to the table and like having that conversation like we are um and you know exposing them to that and like this is not what it is that's just a very extreme version of what it is of like what it could be in someone's mind and not what it actually is you know what i mean i guess so that was a lot. Yeah, I kind of went back on my words a little <laughs> bit there. Um, I, I'm just saying, like, you know, to get Republicans to the table, you have to show them all aspects of it and have a actual conversation like we are. I don't, know, I don't know how to get Republicans to the table on this because it seems like they went less secular. Well, because they're looking at the extreme version. I think, so. I think version they want school choice. Yeah, they're looking at the extreme. Well, school choice would be less secular education because they're taking their children to religious schools, mm, well. right? Well, not uh, well. No, school choice inherently would be you get to choose where you take your child. They're just going to take their child to. Well, there's a limited areas. amount of schools in each given area, and there's going to be a lot of places where the only choice is a religious school, right? So well, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a disservice. That's to, more of a cultural more thing. To, then. Would go to pub, I mean, private private school if they could. Uh, if. There was they no they would continue they would continue to be a small uh, slice of the population that could afford private school as long as it was private school right yeah um, because it almost it, it gives a slightly better outcome in like test scores and whatnot right um, you know I think that's an argument to not have private school and to increase investment in public schools so that we can increase we can you know we can lift man, all boats you're gonna right? get rid of USC man like come on. <laughs> oh yeah uh, definitely. USC has a lot of problems. Hey, they all have a lot of problems. I'm just, I'm there oh, yeah. for the football, okay? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, you know, the, uh, the, the school choice issue um, is an issue of uh, pooling of resources mm -hmm. and uh, the most efficient way to create social bonds. Um, so we want, we want everybody to have a, a similar grounding in their, uh, uh, it's called the hidden curriculum. Um, the things that you really learn in school, like how to line up and how to get into class and how to learn, not necessarily what you learn, but how to listen to the teacher and adapt yourself to the surroundings and adapt yourself to the work life. And there's a lot of things wrong with how we teach the hidden curriculum now too. Right. Wrong. Yeah. Because we're, we're kind yeah. of teaching the wrong things to the people. We're lessening creativity and we're not teaching them trades and we're teaching them in an industrialized way. No critical right? thinking skills. A lot of people. Yeah. Don't as if as if every student is the same. Um, yeah. We have a lot of problems differentiating between different students' abilities and their way they need to learn. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, if we uh, separate. Uh, and, and decentralize the institutional infrastructures, that is an increase in cost and um, a decrease in choice because if you have one centralized administration with many small efficient outlays of resources, um, you know, you could have different teachers within uh, one like uh, set of buildings versus like another building with another parking lot all the way across town, you know? Yeah. I mean, hmm. I, I understand yeah. what you're getting at, but we should revisit this. Yeah, this is a cool, 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 cool topic. I mean, I just, I really want to see more people come together, <laughs> and, you know, make positive change in society. And um, I know I, it's it's nice, you know, having conversations and like thinking there's hope. But mm -hmm. then I look at the real world and I'm like, ah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know, dude. I, I mean, it really starts with you know getting the right politicians in office and getting to focus on the right things and not spend $6 billion a year on homelessness to not solve homelessness and, you know, stuff like that.
Newsom. But um, you know, overall, I mean, I just I uh, oh, you ahead. know, um, I mentioned this on a previous podcast. The uh, Black Lives Matter protests uh, cost uh, about one to two billion dollars in uh, infrastructure damages, but uh, Governor Abbott's um, uh, forced inspection of trucks crossing the the border. Uh, was a political stunt that cost four billion dollars in uh, supply chain cost increases, and DeSantis sending those uh, uh, people by plane to, to Boston uh, cost twelve million dollars. Um, twelve million dollars that could have been spent on housing those people. And those refugees. Realistically, Florida, that won't right? matter because that's what a lot of people wanted to see. But we. But how's that any different from Gavin Newsom spending millions of dollars on billboards in other states to yep. get them to move to California? I mean, I don't want to get into like that whataboutism here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, but you started it. But you started it. You started it. No, I, I just want to I, I want to talk about um, the the political stunt. Uh, right. And I guess you, you can bring that in if you want to. Well, because um, that's, like that's his an response. allocation of resources that is better spent on actually solving help problems, solving yeah. problem. Right. And that sort of gets at their underlying intentions they aren't really interested in solving the problem they are really interested in like sticking ah, it to the liberals right I'm glad you're on the same yeah and track I am, with but me about alternatively i also but, alternatively i also don't think the like a lot of those democrat politicians don't care because their response was basically you can come here but you can't stay like where like where we're let me let me, let me yeah, put, you can't stay where i'm it, staying and let me now put they're it this way busing them and flying it, them back out the 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 liberal politicians is far as and as far as their leftist as, as i am on this issue have policy solutions that they think will allow people to stay here and they want to bring them into the country and they want to have them live in their city but they can't right now in part because the the republican politicians are spending so many resources on political stunts the thing that enrages me about this is not simply that he's somehow got one over on me but that he is so dumb to have spent money on this when he could have done something else. Yeah, I know. I'm like, mad because he is dumb. Just like Gavin right? Newsom being dumb and spending California taxpayer dollars yeah. on billboards in other states about abortion. And just like the other I don't, Democrat I don't, politicians. Okay, what's, be, besides the idea of a political stunt, I'm having trouble seeing the analogy here. There is, there's definitely not an equivalency, but what's the comparison? There's too many problems in California. Why are you wasting God, my goddamn money on billboards in other states? You exactly. Stupid Go do something else. I mean, that seriously, is so you could solve enraging. homelessness. Yeah. You could education problems. Well, it's not even like structure, water, stop, stop, power. Stop, 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 I mean, I mean, it's sure. Just, yes. it seems like a small. Sure, yes, but it's 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 the issue of why the f are you wasting your god? You're supposed to be solving the issues here. Why are you wasting our goddamn money on advertising in different states? There's a better time. There's a better use of money and time. You annoy like that's so. Just is, so he he has a public relations department, and they get a budget every year, and they have to decide what to do with the budget, right? And so their budget discussion was like, what's the best way we can increase California's uh, political and social uh, awareness on the national stage in terms of tourism and uh, positive uh, news and messages about California, right? That's unnecessary. People fucking know how cool California is. And so how's that? Like, <laughs> how's, I'm, like, I'm not trying to be an ass, but realistically, everyone in the country knows about California this, this and This seems trashy. to be a quibble about the budget allocation of his public relations department and not simply some sort of like larger narrative about I don't know. I feel California's. like you're downplaying. Like, yeah. I, totally I totally am. I totally am. 
am. I don't think it's. I don't think it's much of a waste either way because there's another public relations strategy that he could have had, and it's certainly true that this does probably give a you know a make seem make California seem like it has better vibes for liberals generally, oh, yes. right? You know, more crime and more homelessness, more needles on our beaches. You know, nothing getting I don't sold. See what this has more to... taxes. That's I mean, that's exactly what you. you want. That's exactly to. the impression that you want to fight with these billboards, right? And there are other strategies that they could use to fight that impression. Yeah, um, they're much better strategies. And, and that some of don't them would be more efficient. Money some would be less states. efficient. But like, it's really hard to figure out. There's, which there's ones much go, better strategies you know. that to, don't involve spending money in other states. That to, just seems. Well, like you have a, to do some kind of advertising, right? Okay, no, like, no, you don't need to advertise at all. No. Okay. Well, first of all, hold on. This is a newspaper here. I mean, I think they needed to advertise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah. You know, I think they, I think they need to advertise in general. But they don't but need to. That's they don't need to be advertising that. to other people in other states with our tax well, dollars. You've, you've seen the, you know, the tourism ads. You know, people uh, pitch, uh, you know, going to Minnesota for the water slides or whatnot. And you're yeah, telling me are those, that the, the are those is that the government or is that, or like, is that businesses? I think it's an open question as to whether those those ads are good or profitable to the to the state. And so it doesn't even wait, need to so be like a, a short-term how's a, thing. How's an anti-gun ad beneficial in the like biggest gun state in the country? Who, how the, does, we're how the biggest does, gun state in the country. I'm talking about California making anti-gun billboards in Texas. In Texas, it's a stunt. It's just. It, I mean, it's, you're just, just, it's a stunt, right? Yeah. So the point but, is, you know, bringing this back to DeSantis is he's doing what he believes his. Uh, supporters his base wants which uh -huh. is we're having this problem oh democrats don't think it's a big deal that, so guess what we're gonna you know well, we're gonna put it to their see that's the where cities. he's an idiot because you know democrats think it's a big deal and he's playing with people's lives here in a way that some billboards really how aren't. Is, okay let me explain this to me I mean, how you're is, not wrong how but is also he playing to his point a hundred percent a lot of people from his base would have loved seeing that uh, who uh, Newsom's? Oh, no, 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 Seeing what DeSantis had did. Yeah, because, because they're terrible Abba. people who, to which so, cruelty wait, wait, is how, the point. Wait, wait, stop, how stop, are they? Stop, 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 no, stop, no, no, stop. No, no, no. Not because they're terrible people, because it just shows that the, like the people within the DNC are saying like, yes, come here, but you don't get to stay where I'm staying. Like they, they're. It seems well, the like the DNC it's, argument it, it, isn't simply come here. We don't have resources. That it's, it's it kind of shows here, let's that it's. It kind of shows that it's evidence that people are just sort of. A lot of politicians are just using. Using the whole immigration thing for brownie points. I mean, look at AOC. I fucking hate her, bro. She's a. I'm bro. I could call her every name in the fucking book. Oh my god, it's a crisis at the border when Trump's in office, and then he's not in office, and then oh, you know. It's well, it's still good. a crisis. You know, yeah. we're it's still, still a crisis, really upset, but it's, it's not. Leftists, it's right? not as big as a crisis because now there's a Democrat in power, and now that the Democrat is not doing They've anything, never left. Th bro. What are you talking? And about? they are trying to do something. It's talked bro, about a lot less. The, the point I'm making is that AOC made a huge deal about the border and like what was going on at the border under Trump. Then Biden got in office, and he has the same damn policy except for a few as Trump but you don't see her rallying the troops and like we need to do something about the border we need to do this and it's just like he said it's brownie points it's to get you to vote for them it's not about actually solving the problem you think they actually care about the people coming over no, no they don't the only thing that they they think will happen is is that they can make them citizens and they'll vote Democrat that's what they think is gonna happen you know they you they don't actually give a about people no politician actually does like i want to i want to stop you there in the midst of this rant because i know this is a rant that you just tend to go on hey and you know and I'm, they, so i want to talk about russian uh, uh propaganda strategies uh and in in so bannon's favorite I'm, I'm, term no, no no in, in bannon's favorite term uh, it's, it's called flooding the zone with 
It's it's about making sure that everybody gets the impression that nothing is true and there are no good that people That is not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is essentially that... That's what you seem to believe here, right? I believe... That there are no people at the in the elites that actually care about people. Yes, obviously if you're it's looking like at 99%. me... If you're looking If you're looking at me <laughs> ranting, you're going to be like, yes, I'm making blanket statements. Yeah, whatever. But obviously there's a few people... In, that haven't been corrupted by money and greed and you know political and, interests. And I don't think you can take from AOC's uh, pretentious and petulant Twitter strategy that she doesn't care about people. Like she's using Twitter so that she can advocate for people. So why isn't she advocating? Why isn't she? Why isn't she? Did wait, wait, wait. Why she's trying to help energy. people? Yeah, right? Why isn't she, you know? she keeping she that did same care. energy? Why didn't she call out DeSantis and also the demo, the other DNC politicians that sent him that also bust him back to the. Uh, other, the cities that they the other from. DNC politicians there are uh, uh, yeah I think it was New York and I want to say either Chicago or well they've DC. been they've been sending the, the Republican governors have been sending them in small batches to New York and Washington DC for a while now and this has been under the fingernails of a lot of the Democratic establishment and it's not true yes that she but there have also been reports of like people flying them out to their to flying them out to sanctuary cities as well yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, flying them out to just cities in general. Uh huh. Which is like people? not. Yeah. Hold on. Y'all got away from what I'm saying. You honestly think like you're you're letting AOC get a pass here by basically saying that you know when a Republican's in office, it's okay to like bang the war drum. But oh, yeah, the yeah. minute the Democrats, there's a difference people. between um, uh, angry tweets and uh, you know manipulating people's lives and telling them lies and then flying them to some random spot as a joke. You know. That was it a joke. It's it's showing people in those cities like what that their their populace is going through, and that it's actually real. I mean, seriously, they know it's real. We're all aware it's they? a crisis. No, right? a lot of people are of not aware of how, out of sight, yeah. out of mind. A lot of people are not aware about how how hard it is in border towns, and like the amount of I don't know things, the, of the things leftists that have suggested a number of policies that would alleviate that problem, but the border we're talking towns about don't the seem general to be interested. Public. In we're talking about yeah. the general public here. A lot of this those is people, for the general public. A lot of the general public, or is this public, for DeSantis's election chances with his base? Uh, it's probably both, but the general public isn't aware. Are you telling me that Democrats don't do the same damn thing? I think I think doing? those abortion billboards are for Newsom's um, longer political prospects. I can hate Newsom. He's an idiot. He has terrible policies. He's not solving any problems. He's taking more tax dollars than any governor ever, and he's just going to waste them because, you know, uh, we got at the less end of the day, for it's the lower easier. Classes than Texas, it's so. e no, they do not. Yeah, we do. In, no, when you factor not. in sales I read taxes that and article. taxes. Yeah. Yes, when you do, when you multiply, you know, this and that. And you do, no, bro. They have no inc state income tax. They have no corporate tax. But more of your income in Texas in, if you're in the lower classes, goes to the government than when you do Explain specifically where. Because I read those damn articles and they're like all yeah, the same copy I'm, I'm going to give you a rundown of, of, I can't remember the number, but there's there's nominal and there's actual tax rates for sales tax specifically. Um, and uh, the sales tax is, you know, ostensibly in California, it's like around 7%, but um, actually it's like 22 to 28% because uh, the farmer pays sales tax on his wheat and seeds and he raises the price and then he sells it to another guy and that guy when he buys the bread he adds a little bit on to cover the sales tax there and then he adds a sales tax and so for each step in the process from original good to consumer you add a little bit of tax and texas's sales taxes um make prices higher so uh, Explain to me a more 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 of the so stop 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 more of the underlying uh, 
price of the good goes to the government than in California. And California makes up the difference in income taxes, which are directly from the money that you're getting. Uh, but Texas um, has higher sales taxes, and that is more uh, no, regressive because it doesn't uh, we're gonna affect have to, the upper classes as much. We're going to have to fact check you right there, sir. California has a higher sales tax than Texas. But it doesn't have a higher actual sales tax. That's the key. Oh, the actual sales tax. Okay, I get it. I get what you're trying to say. But at the end of the day, taxes are still, you know. At, at the end of the day, people in Texas are paying I think they're more. probably saving more money. You're saying taxes. they're paying a little bit more in sales tax. Yeah, paying Just a little bit more. They're paying five percentage points more uh, in total. Yeah, but in, uh, I need to find, top show me that article. I don't think that, show that me that equates, article. I don't know. I would, I, wanna, I, wanna, I would like to check the math on that. I don't know how, but I don't think. Oh, no, it's the tax foundation. That, you don't, don't want to read the tax that. foundation? Don't you don't like the that. tax foundation? Come on, son. Numbers are numbers. This is why we need to have like a list of like good sources. That the are tax foundation is a great no, source. It's a terrible source, bro. How he how doesn't it like bad? it because taxes are you know again we've talked about this you know it's not taught in schools. Most people don't understand taxes, which is why they you know have this view of the upper class of like oh my god they don't pay a lot of their yeah no yeah, the top one percent pays for like forty six percent of everything yeah and in a lot of in a lot of states like in California they pay a ton of money in income tax yeah. they pay like almost over half of you know income tax something like that but anyway the tax foundation is uh traditionally more conservative because it's revolves around taxes, taxes and money so he doesn't like them because they sometimes have a little bit more of a conservative view when they voice their opinion but they still state the facts no they have a very conservative view and they uh couch the facts in terms that uh misrepresent the facts and my example last week was um the uh, their quote on who uh, was affected by student loan uh, uh, so you didn't like that they went into details and in depth about like how the different they, ways they, that it they could, used you know... choice statistics and phrasing to make it seem like it was more than it was that it went to a higher uh, income group than it actually did that it was for rich people and not poor people when it was they the did not do they, they did, did they they might have hinted towards that but they, they were hinted not. towards that and that's that's the but problem that's my point. right hint, but, they, 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 but but they're not trying to be uh, sincere and transparent about how that they are communicating to you and they're not trying to do it in well, a level-headed and non-biased the manner but they're trying to masquerade as somebody non-biased which is doubly bad right they have this nice blue font they don't have any sort of trappings of um, conservative ideology out front uh, you have to look into the weeds to, to get that whereas like New York Times for instance is transparent about their reporting processes and how they go about so reporting you, on you politics you don't think that anything that they, they, you don't think they, 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 after, I don't know 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 after Barry Weiss left, she, 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 Barry, yeah, she was at the New York Times, right? Barry Weiss, I think that's what it was. She was saying like it's kind of they, nice. they, they're having problems, definitely, yeah. and that's a whole thing that we can get into the weeds ah, of. But they still exactly. have so a more transparent. So they're kind of doing the same thing. As no, the but tax I think that you're, no, you're, you're like really not giving the tax. The, you're not giving the tax credit foundation. You're not approaching it with charity. Uh, uh, with, with, with credit. No, yeah. I, I'm, I'm approaching them with credit. I think they're smarter than they look, and they're trying to mislead people. I, I, I think, think that the they, New York Times probably might be doing that. No, like wait, if, no, mislead no. people if on the one truth of their top the journalists is saying, yeah, things are kind of being fucked up and how they're running here, and she's very liberal, and she left, and she doesn't like how it's being ran, that's that's kind of a huge red those, flag. Those uh, problems within the editorial department of the New York Times 
for instance, are public and talked about by the editorial board on the New York Times mm-hmm. and exactly how they're changing their editorial policies. Have they made those changes? Yes. They're talking about making uh, the 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 news subjects that they talk about more diverse and they're also engaged in a policy of um talking more about threats to democracy even though it's um about uh it generally directed antagonistically towards conservatives because uh not they they want to uh bring attention to things that are actually happening and not um, censor themselves be- simply because it's about conservatives. That's one of the big things. So, in, in as much as you're, you know, critiquing conservatives, you're not simply more liberal. You know. I don't know, man. I feel like, uh, you know, that little map that shows me all the different taxes across states is pretty helpful. I don't think it's, you well, know, the, pretty... that that map. You really have to go into where they're getting their numbers. I'd like to highlight my numbers here on the uh, from the Institute of Taxation and Economic Policy. Um, which compiles statistics regarding IRS income tax, sales tax, property tax, and information from the Bureau of Labor Statistics Consumer Expenditure Survey from sources including the U.S. Census Bureau. And this is from uh, cron.com, which is a text, the Houston Chronicle, um, and this is via the San Antonio Express News. So these are Texas newspapers that are reporting on this too. So you don't like the State Department, State Revenue Department? Uh, websites. I mean, it depends on what kind of math they're putting into their uh, estimate of the taxes. Because if you, again, if you look at like actual tax rate, it's nominally less, but actually more. And in this instance, for the uh, uh, lowest, the the, the middle 60%, it's 9.7% total percentage of income going to taxes. Yeah, the problem with the and whole sales tax thing is that it is so compare compare that map to this map. But I mean, it depends <laughs> on where they're getting the numbers, and we don't. It really says right it. there. No, it says the, right the, there on the freaking the, thing. The problem, the sources. The problem with the whole sales tax thing is that entirely. This is, this is only sales taxes, yes, but not a percentage of your um, income, and it's only nominal sales taxes and not. But the problem what I looked up was Stop. the problem with the sales taxing is that that entirely depends on how much people buy and how much yes exactly spend. and that's why it's regressive uh, because um as a so, percentage of their income rich people buy, buy less lot, stuff but also but someone if someone doesn't spend a lot of money but they just have you know but and they have no fucking income state income tax and there's no corporate tax they're probably saving more than people in california yes or no i don't, I don't understand the statistic i am citing is mm-hmm. a percentage of your income um that goes to the government through taxes in whatever form Right. Okay. So, yeah, it includes both sales taxes, income taxes, and property taxes, and it's not just the actual, or it's not the nominal rate, but the actual rate or the implied rate. I can't remember the actual term. Some tax person in the comments is going to have read Rush Limbaugh's The Fair Tax Book, and he's going to come in with the numbers. Um, it's an interesting read, by the way, The Fair Tax Book. It, it's a plan that was advocated for by libertarians uh, for a national sales tax and to get rid of property and income taxes i would like that well the the problem was is that it would end up being very regressive because people with um incomes that are low are forced to continue buying things and not able to invest in themselves to buy less things um how uh because they're still paying the same amount but they're not able to have additional income to invest themselves whereas the people who are uh, already uh, with high income and paying a lot less as a proportion of their income mm-hmm. have more income to invest in themselves and grow their income, right? It takes money to make money. 
right? Um, so that would increase economic inequality overall. That's why the income tax is is like a, is a lowercase p progressive tax. As long as you um, using tax brackets, uh, tax people with more income more, and that's where California stands out. We have the higher tax rates on the one percent, and that's a significant portion of our income. And we don't have to tax the lower classes as much because of that. But Whereas we Texas can do, opposite. which is stupid. But we do. We do tax the lower class so Too much. We much. should tax the upper classes more, and that involves. I don't know if we need to tax them. Why should we tax anybody tax. when uh, they, we're they not pay, even doing anything for a money. lot of stuff? I mean, I mean, that was like kind of a blanket statement. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm all for like taxing the rich if it actually does something, but they're not doing anything. Six billion dollars a year to homelessness. Honestly, not I don't think taxing the rich at an exorbitant amount is going to solve anything. It's not going to solve anything. I mean, they have to fix around, the system. You need to fix the system. You need to fix the system. They also have the money to just leave and not pay taxes at all the government dude they're not actually doing anything and that's my perception based off of what they're doing you know like they six million dollars a year roads screw it bro you know, that's national parks you have eh. to, okay okay you okay you got to break it down and you got to be like um and you have to like specifically talk Market about which regulations no you need, you need to talk about specific specific you, taxes. You, you do too because the only the, your favorite quote is six billion dollars in homelessness but that was in the uh okay i'm talking all right, all right, all right. That he got because he managed about, to balance california's I will budget talk about i will talk about income tax i think that income tax is uh you know very excessive for the one percent here and for those that are you know rich which has led to hundreds of thousands of uh companies leaving the state um, which is bad for the 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 not the country. For if the, the state. companies pass on taxes, why are they leaving the state? I didn't say anybody. I didn't wait. What? Say that again. If companies pass on taxes with uh, the ways that they um, that, that that are applied to them through like corporate taxes, right? Mm. Then then why are they leaving the state? Or is it the people that are at the top of the company that are leaving the state? No, no, the companies are actually like taking yeah. their headquarters and moving them uh -huh. to other states Tesla. because, um, you know, there's, especially if you go to Texas, you go to Nevada, there's no corporate tax, uh -huh. state corporate tax. So you're only paying federal. So you are saving money. Um, same thing. Well, you know, they did uh, institute a global tax uh, minimum on corporations. So. Uh, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? I think we talked about this. I don't think Texas or know, Nevada is going to abide by their. They're bullshit. just going to secede from world government. Yes, bro. I don't. I, they, <laughs> I don't they, have no, they have no obligation to like buy into uh, what the global. What they do if we sign the treaty? You know, otherwise they. Can't I don't really think we're going to sign the treaty. That's going to piss off way too. Many we people. already did. We did. Oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't that was, right. that was part I of think, the last reconciliation. Uh, that's right. Okay. But the thing is, I think that uh, you know you're going to see these states fight for what they want, and that is not having state. I don't know. They're going to pick and, and choose their fights. They might not. They, they they might not pick a fight with the you know world governments. I think they will. I think especially Texas is going to be like, I'm not going to fucking raise taxes on my people just because, like. Just because you said so, I have to do what you say. It's been working fine without you. F off. That's what I think they're gonna do. Well, it's um, been working fine because uh, they've been, you know, exploiting their power to take power away from California. But why? Right? Are you, why are you gonna? You know, you know just... I don't think it's very good for the union if Texas is trying to undercut California. You know, in the film industry, How? there's a lot of been How there's been they... a lot of complaints about like atlanta and other states uh using tax credits to undercut the california film industry that, that, that's, right yeah good and there's, the and there's like a race to the Cal bottom that's right not there california that's not it's not actually issue. good those are those are company issues it's, it's not a it's, problem it's not actually state. good for the government to like you know give so many subsidies because uh they don't get a lot back from the companies so there's really a question about whether or not that's actually like good for texas too 
um, how to have that more more uh, more jobs are coming to the state you know more more jobs coming to the state more people coming to the state that means more capital is needed to uh, administrate those people and citizens. what happens when you know in Texas with property taxes which you know how those roads get built and the schools get built and the police departments uh-huh. yeah building more houses and they're, and they're you're using, building more and, houses and they're paying which leads for that to with uh, sales taxes in on on those people property taxes and the majority of the taxes they're passing on to the consumers and they're not taxing the companies and you know that's going to lead to more economic property taxes where your fire department your schools your police department your roads your local roads that's where they come from what's what's your what's your point my point is is that you know as you know communities expand and more properties are built i mean you know you're advocating for no 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 no. i i I see what you're saying you you know i i just said that same thing but that tax revenue is being pushed on the lower classes and increasing economic division between them and the i'm not sure i full i we're gonna have to come back to that because i don't understand like i understand but i don't like it's kind of like you're gonna have to read uh, thomas piketty's book so why not can why why doesn't Capital in the good old century. sleepy Joe just be like, you know what, anybody making under twenty five thousand dollars a year pays no federal income tax. And then, you know, states follow suit. Well they have just, to increase tax revenue from the upper classes if they're gonna do that. They're not even they getting that much from increase them. A progressive they're not even tax. giving that much from them. Yeah, from people making twenty five thousand dollars. They, 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 they get more much. money from like the middle and upper classes than they do from the lower class. They they do and they probably will, but it you know, the per person amount matters here too, because they want to take as little as possible from each individual person as much as possible from the upper classes who can afford bro to but give why more. is it but that's my thing why do we need to continue to tax the upper class the way that we do in california well, because the upper when class should not, pay for no, the no, privilege no. of being when upper we class. are not what for, what no it was the well, government that allowed them the system to achieve they what say they had. no goddamn communist nation that i allowed you to exist this ain't china okay well they uh, benefited from the efficient and uh, safe market that the government provides okay but why and would the lack of no no, no but you still haven't answered my question crimes. why should we continue to overtax people and tax overtax people? i think it's overtaxed why should we continue to tax people the way we have in the state of california when we are not actively solving issues when we're not active well, it assumes we're not actively solving issues but we are making some headway you know we passed that we're making headway 12 billion dollars spent on homelessness in two years and we are and maintaining a safe, coming up. Ne- uh, a safe market for people to continue to do business right? bro you, you know just, it's still you very can, bro i feel like i feel like you, you need to you know stop kissing their ass and just call it what it is i just feel like i have to you know I, i'm very anti-establishment and anti-hegemonic but i feel like in this room i have to play the devil's advocate a little bit here because you're being too broad and too ideological in your discussion of no it. i'm not i mean yes oh my god they you know they, they bought a hotel and you know they they put a little bit of money towards this but i mean like i want to see active change if you're going to spend six billion dollars a year on homelessness solve the f-ing problem so that way you don't have to continue to spend six billion dollars a year on homelessness and another thing i bet you have a problem with is that if they're spending however much money on billboards for whatever f- and what else are they also willing to spend? It's just, wasteless? it's what overall. What else are they willing to, the, what the, you see I, as waste I, money on? I said this earlier in the podcast. They're not actively out there to solve problems. I don't think that G- Gavin well, Newsom. We should Gavin, have that no, discussion. Gavin of, Newsom. Yes, he, I, I'm sure he's like, I want homelessness to be gone, you know? But at uh-huh. the end of the day, what is he doing? He's continuously funding the, 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 all these programs that are making a 
the money off of the government that don't want to see the problem actually get solved because then their money source drives up and goes away. They're also we should have that not reinforcing the, the power grid and then not and then f***ing themselves up over with legislation for nuclear power. So if you're doing that with something so vital which in which everyone depends on, why am I going to assume you're going to actually try to be very proactive in solving things like we, we should drugs. have that detailed discussion of the line item budget for california for if, if we're going to do this and you know we can go through and figure out what you think they should and shouldn't be spending money on and why your expertise is is better situated than the expertise of the government experts right especially are like they really nuclear power, but, right? but again they're all controlled by special interests so again like why why would the the homeless um foundations that are trying to solve solve homelessness. They, they, Why the would they want is, the government to stop giving them money when the government? Because like, again, the government has the, the I, money I, to I, do I'm so. I'm seeing a granular approach here, and I'm struggling to see where it you know ties into the bigger picture about where it ties into the bigger picture about the whole the budget as a whole. Because you know, okay, so doing business, okay, let's right? if you look at the six billion dollars a year, right? They're spending six, of six like billion the this hundreds year. of billions of dollars in the government surplus this year. Yeah. So essentially. The point I'm making is why are we just instead of actively solving the problem, like let's go build the housing uh-huh. and a reform program for these people. Why are we just like, let's just give money to all these organizations which want this to continue to happen. They want the issue to continue because it makes them money. Like they people, haven't, they haven't people don't understand nonprofits only have to have 50, 50% of their income go towards like what they they're pledging. So if I give you a million dollars, that's 500 grand that they're taking home right there, right? So if you're giving And, and you think that they didn't consider this when they started this process? And But the point is, is the special interests, the homeless organizations are going to lobby Newsom to put more money into the organizations. That have incentives to just keep uh-huh. To keep the, the cycle the going. They have no incentive to solve homelessness. We have the money. California has the money. So they could literally go out of their way and build the damn housing, build the things that they and need. And they would try to, you know, force people out of their uh, businesses or homes to build the housing there or force people to. There's tons no, of San Bernardino is the largest buildings. county in the United States of America. There's plenty of land where they can go and not infringe on property rights, but also we, keep. We it. had this discussion before, and I want I, I just want to reiterate that you don't know what you're talking about. How, you how, you how don't, do don't know, know the details about? of the debates that were going on in the policy rooms, uh, where they're creating this process or the political deals that they had to make to continue to yes, operate. You know, from everywhere at this table, you, you, you say they're controlled in. by special interests, but the government is made up of special interests and those nonprofit organizations are also pseudo government structures with certain interest groups inside them the the interest group model as a way of looking at uh society is uh not simply like you know groups with a document charter and lists of members they're groups of people with aligned interests generally and align sort of ecological niches. Okay, right? but let's get and back. That's to, very complicated. Get, get back to that that point. So you're saying that what I'm saying should not happen. It's not going to work. It's never going to be possible for the I'm, governor. I'm of saying the state. you have a very simplistic view of well, obvi- what's going obviously, on there. Obviously, obviously, I'm and, not, and I'm it's not, not really you know useful as uh, a, a, an argument of towards the thesis that money is being I f- wasted i feel i feel like you're discounting like a lot of what i said i think you're just yeah being why like, isn't it you know you know for pers- 
my personal view on what should be done, yes, that is very broad. It is very simplistic because, uh-huh. you know, I don't currently work in that. And, you know, I can't be like, yeah, this, but this, imagine this, that this, you were a player in this. Uh, well, no, you no, know, let me let me finish. Community. I'm just saying you're you're over you're getting past the point of like the whole overarching argument, which I started this on, is that the special interest groups are the reasons why homelessness still exists, because they're not actually focused on like solving the issue. They're focusing on well, why don't we do this way? And why don't we do this way? And why don't we do this way? And you just keep funding us and we'll figure out which way works eventually as opposed to like, why don't we just build a damn building and house them and then create a program to rehabilitate them and put them back into society. It's, it's so easy. Let's go down to the, but the you're, housing you're looking, orchard I'm not, I'm and then not just saying, pick the houses I'm not, off I'm the trees. I'm not saying it's going to be like the easiest thing in the world to do, but I'm like, we have the money to do it. So what? in my personal view as a citizen in the state of California, would I rather see... Gavin Newsom gives $6 billion to a ton of organizations that all have their own way of wanting to solve homelessness? Or would I say, put money towards building the fucking housing and a program that rehabilitates people yeah, and yeah, that puts yeah. them back He's in He's saying, society. why are we giving so much goddamn money out to these programs when there's already have been you're, successful you're, ways of rehabilitating people? I think it was the, the Sweden, how Sweden did it. Why don't we just immediately start doing what they're doing from the ground up Right now, instead of just spit shoveling out, why doesn't you're asking the why doesn't change happen? No, no, no. He's saying why. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, no. He's he's he. I think what he's trying to say is why don't we just immediately just go to pro people who have very successful programs and just employ them instead of shoveling out money to all these nonprofit organizations. You know, I'm this. He seems he's saying it seems like it's such a huge inefficiency, Uh and then you pile that on with all this. Nuclear energy, energy with infrastructure and how they're fucking yeah, wasting yeah. that. And then also billboards. It's like, of course, he's going to have that viewpoint. I, no, most people would here kind of have Here you have this very progressive instinct where you're like, why isn't the world utopian and perfect? Who could possibly be standing in the way of this utopian and perfect world? And then, you know, you walk into the situation where you are one of those interest groups in that situation. Well, get in line. Everybody in there is saying the exact same thing you are. Why can't this just be easy? Why can't we just come together and use my solution to this problem? And then nobody really, you know, considers all of the little details that go into why anybody is it really a particular comes interest down group. To, when you say this, yeah. you know, interest really groups are controlling to, I'm gonna this. I'm going to give you this much and, money, and Gavin Newsom, to your campaign. Wait, 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 wait. wait. When, you, when you say that, like, oh, this is all coming down to those evil interest groups, well, literally everybody is part of an interest group, and the yes. interest groups are us. So you're saying, you know, why people? Why? Why people? But see, look, I, I just feel like you're you're kind of like, I want you to address, like, what I'm saying and just say... I am, like, I think I am, right? I'm, I mean, I'm thinking, I think you're making an empty ideological argument without actually understanding the individual interests and how they are impossible to overtake and how this sort of market of ideas within the government has arrived at a compromise here. It can't be called anything else than a compromise because it was a compromise of interest. So Groups, right? right? Fuck all. Just keep spending. I'd love it to be better. You have to go in and start working that. And but that's that's what I'm saying. Being the process. That's right? what I'm saying. Yes, and my personal opinion on how it should be you solved go and, is an interest group in itself. Yeah, and, 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 and you've got to be that person in the government that's one of the one percent you say that actually cares about people, right? Yeah. You know? But the point is, is I'm. Do you not agree with what I'm saying about how there's billions of dollars, if not millions or whatever? That are just being wasted in a sense where the issue could be solved, but because interest groups, they are not. 
Would you but, agree? But no, because no, yes or no? Would well, you no, agree? no, no. I don't. No, no, I don't no. agree at all. I, I don't agree at all. I don't agree with that formulation at all. It, it when you say but because interest groups, these things are not being solved. You know because everybody is part of an That's interest group. That's what I'm saying. Everybody, but because is interest groups are the reason why other things are being solved. So <sighs> when we're going through this process of creating and managing and administrating society, there are going to be costs and benefits. There's always going to be something that's not going to be working right. There's always going to be something that is. And it's a, just a constant debate and a process of, you know, democratic government and arriving at those so you're fine you know? with Gavin Newsom? I'm not fine. I want it to be better, but I, you know, I but don't see But I just want you about, to say something you know, against Gavin Newsom. You're, oh. you, you do not agree with $6 billion a year in homelessness spending. I with mean, not, I mean with, with not a great result. I, I don't think it. you can argue that it doesn't simply have a great result. We don't know the result from this table right now. And, you know, there was an indication that it could have a good result. Like, this is a huge investment compared to what we've been investing okay, in. So, okay, so, okay. My wait, other thing. Wait, 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 hold on. So, do you agree that there is that one program in Sweden that has been very... I, very I don't know about that program in Sweden. I know I know about some programs in, in Austin and in no, some no, other liberal we, cities. No, no, we had talked about it before. There was a very successful program in Europe that, like, was able to completely rehabilitate like people out of homelessness, out from homelessness and back into society. Uh, was it Sweden? I think we we did talk about it at one point. Very vague. I don't know if it was Sweden. We talked about Norwegian jails there we and go. Portuguese uh, yeah. drug Sorry, uh, administration I get a lot of those, centers. Uh, European islands mixed up. <laughs> the Norwegian islands. Did you? We all agree. Like the, that was a very successful way in rehabilitating people from just back in. Well, that wasn't that wasn't specifically about homelessness. That was about um, uh, people who well, well, criminals in their sense of the word, right? And how they are rehabilitating them in like this community college esque program that only lasts a few years. Mm -hmm. Overall, I'm just saying I feel like you're approaching my argument with like, bro, you you don't know enough. You don't know that. Like, oh, there we go. That was my point. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. My point is, is that if there have already been successful programs in other in other areas of the country, why are we not going to them and doing Republicans that? and conservatives? No, 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 no. no. In the well, this in is this, a Democratic supermajority, sir. In this state, we're we're very not liberal for a Democratic supermajority. I mean, I mean, this is the complaint, right, this, of the leftists, right? Stop, 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 stop. For this state. If there are already, if there is already, like for sure, a very successful rehabilitation program out there in the world that we know of, uh -huh. why I think his a big portion of where his anger and resentment is coming from is why the f is there something that we know is working? Why isn't that 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 why, why are we not implementing that? It just seems like a complete waste of money and time. And why is it that someone in his twenties can see that and be like, that seems like a solution and i mean like totally right I, I you know i i don't think it made it to air but last time you were talking about uh, uh mass incarceration and i mentioned the plan in la right now uh to um not build any more prisons and divert the money that would be used to build prisons into community resource centers and um community rehabilitation mm -hmm. and you were like oh no like i want to build more prisons which you know there's an argument to, to be, be made, made for that, yeah. that that you made and there are absolutely people who are like no this norwegian system 
is not going to work here because we're America and Norwegians, Norway's a different place, right? Yeah. And I want punishment for criminals and, and I want Yeah, those I think jails, those usually right? people use that argument for cultural things. This is not a, this is like a the, larger societal, like human nature type of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's, so there's political political headwinds and political will. Yeah, I think there's a I think real can, obstacle to yeah, a lot I think of you these could be, problems, right? Sorry. So go ahead. I was trying to get him to let you get to yeah, the point. I, I, you, you want me to talk about political will, right? Yeah, well, as like the main obstacle to change. Yeah, and I just think, you know, I know you're approaching it as like we don't know enough and like we don't have all the answers and you know, we're the outside looking in. I, that's that's one yeah. aspect. The other aspect is definitely I, I want to try to get at the idea that political will is the main uh problem with uh the, the main obstacle to creating change, right? Mm. And that's a very complicated thing because if you walk into any room full of a bunch of politicians, everybody's going to tell you they really care about people and they want them to change. They just have different ideas about how, how I don't, to do I it. I don't think most of them you don't know? care. I think well, they would profess to care, I think right? Most in of every them, way. Right? I think that's they have saying. incentives to make their... to. They have incentives to get reelected so they can do nothing in their job. There's, there's so this they can book, do nothing and just keep getting reelected and have like a stable income or whatever the fuck. There's this book that's famous in democratic policy uh, analyst circles called What's the Matter with Kansas? And it was a systematic review of uh, Republican and Democratic political policies in Kansas. And what was happening uh, was the uh, Democrats had all of these, you know, uh, data-driven, proven policy plans to raise, uh, you know, all boats in Kansas. Um, but the voters kept voting for people who chose policies that drove Kansas into the ground. Why? Why? But we've talked Why? about that. You know, most people Why? aren't educated on, you know, like what goes on. And, you know, right. people so you, you're answering your own question, you know. Change. Why don't we just fix the homelessness issue? Well, people are uneducated. They don't know what's going on. They all have different issues that they want to address. You know, but so so, but you understand like why I don't like you. Like you can see why he's getting so angry. You can you can look at like what what I say and be like, okay, I I get it. Do you not like Newsom for not overcoming that political roadblock? I don't like Newsom because what he's doing. You think he's 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 inadequate for the job? Exactly. You know, you know his the the outcome in which he can't overcome that political roadblock is not an indication that he didn't try. I mean, he, there's I'm definitely sure, I'm no sure he indication tried, but that the thing he is, did. He, he has a platform. Well, there is no indication one way or the platform. other. That's right. what I'm saying. I mean, but it's not like he's going around like saying like this is the specific program we need to institute. Get on the legislature. Get on other people in the state to you know push this, and we'll vote on it uh-huh. so that way it happens. He's not doing that. He's just like we're going to solve homelessness. Six billion dollars. Here we go. It's going to go to all these different well, programs. I, you know, all I, these I don't think that's and, a fair characterization. Okay. Of what yes, on there, and right? making like a broad statement yeah. and everything, but. Um, you know, I just don't like the way that he's gone about some of like one, I don't like him because he's anti two A, okay? You know, you're not you know, obviously yeah, it's yeah, Democratic yeah. supermajority, I'm not gonna win that one here. But um I just don't like you know, especially with like I said, there's so much money that goes to the government in, in taxes and for someone like in my twenties, I wanna see more change. I want to see things happen. So again, if he spent that six billion dollars and like, wow, the issue's gone. I, I, I remember. I'd be like, you know what? I need to shut the f- up and sit down and just let it happen because it's working. But it's not. It's not like like maybe okay, you got a thousand people off the streets, but it's there's hundreds of thousands of people on the streets in the state of California. So like six maybe, million. Maybe I'm older like, and I, you know, I, I'm kind of missing some of your passion. I, I definitely had it at that point. Maybe this means I'm I'm jaded, or maybe it's it's. it's oh, we're a, all a, a little a, a jaded realist, to right? Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. But you know, um, 
it's it's not enough for me to simply get mad that the world is not perfect or the way that I want it to be. Um, that is a recipe for insanity um, mm-hmm. because everybody to everybody it's not the everybody way yeah everybody right? everybody yeah. has some gripe that they can have yeah the you know the, yeah. The, what you can do is you can try to convince Newsom and your elected officials to do more about homelessness that's what i'm doing what so you if you guys can get us to do, a million you know? views you know that would be how about we stop voting for Newsom and get better people in office that'd be yeah, good too like progress like like michael schallenberger yeah. who was you know talking I, you know, about you know, his research your, with homelessness pick your poison you know try to try to convince him or try to vote people in there more like you or try to put pressure on him by voting for people who are more like you to be more like them um you know it's, it's whatever you want play the political game right you know, um, be that voice to uh, well, solve if you, homelessness. Well, if you guys right? get us to a million views. Yeah, know, but you, to your point earlier, he's not. it doesn't seem like he's being very proactive about homelessness. Yeah, I mean. Because he's, 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 he's for sure well, we'll, made programs. We'll have to do some, you know, research for you guys and exactly uh-huh. what is going on with this. Yes, and you're going to say, well, program. this $6 billion went to these programs and some people got fed. I think the ultimate issue, even if you do do that, the ultimate problem is that all these things need to be very open source and like. Basically, we need to be able to have inf- access to all and of the even information. Then, it's, it's, it's strong it's like a, journalism. Right? It's like yeah. a cost benefit where it's like, what is actually like, for example, you could come in and say, you know, um, like you could come in and be like, you know what? Like they're doing this, this, this and this. But it could be like they got a thousand people off the street and they fed a bunch of homeless people. Uh-huh. So to you, you could be like, they're doing so much. But to me, I'm like, well, you spent six billion dollars. Like, why isn't there more of an you know more, well, you, more know, the, you know the number itself is is kind of silly because you don't you don't actually know what an efficient allocation of money is in this situation and well, look by I, virtue of I, I it happening this. it is probably the most efficient that we can get well, at this time I, i'll right? say this i look at it from a real estate perspective and that like one the government has the land they can go to san bernardino they can go to anywhere in the state they have the land they have the money to build so i'm looking at it like as in um they could they have the money to build the complexes. Twelve billion dollars. We, you know, we've had a housing crisis in this state for decades now, and the question is always like, why aren't more homes being, you know, built, and why aren't we approaching this efficiently? Zoning you know, it's, there's a variety of interest groups yeah. that are, you know, competing on that. One of them is, you know, the older generation that's into nimbyism and making their housing prices high, and there's the younger generation that doesn't have the political power because they don't have the stability with which to you know leverage their interests etc etc you know yeah basically in answer to your question why aren't we doing anything about this i don't know i guess we are you know but <laughs> it's why aren't we doing anything about this well it's because of reality yeah but there is one thing i can hate on newsom for he could pardon all the f-ing people in jail that are in jail for uh, like weed convictions that he could do tomorrow oh so yeah fuck for that for not doing that or for for not doing that for not doing that for not doing uh-huh. that he could he that is something that he does not need anybody else to tell him what he can and cannot do because you know he can write his own you are one of the culprits here that are keeping him from doing that because you complain that people who get out of jail do crime and his problem whoa, there whoa, whoa, is whoa, 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 getting out of jail nah, nah, for nah, nah, a nonviolent nah, nah. weed for nonviolent for something that is legal in the weed. state yeah, yeah, yeah. his his That's political different. risk there is uh that he will release somebody from jail and then they will go and do something worse, and the chances no, of that no, are no. really high specific because that at least pardon. one yeah, person specifically will do that. for non-specific. Right. No, no, no. So no, no. He's going to specifically pardon oh, yeah, the weed he's aspect. Saying, but they've already been in the system so long; they're not. No, no. no I'm, gonna, I'm saying, I'm gonna, saying that you, if you release a hundred thousand people for non-violent crimes, they're not yeah. all going to get released. I don't, I don't, I don't care about 
which proportion of the people in jail. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you release a lot of one, people from jail for whatever reason, there's going to be one, one person, of them is yeah. going to go and because they've and been do in the, bad, the right? prison system for so long, and just because there's a large enough sample size, yeah, that like somebody random is, is going yeah, to do something, like, right? You know, and someone has, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then he opens himself up to the political risk that they're going to accuse him of letting somebody else out of jail that shouldn't be yeah, let but out. That wait, no, wait, wait, wait. But wait. that doesn't matter in California. Wait, wait, wait. It's a Democratic yeah, exactly. supermajority. It doesn't matter. Well, the dude I mean, the guy in uh, the, the DA in San, in San Francisco was just voted out because he expanded no, 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 himself. There is more to that, Wait, wait, let me make yeah, yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah. The, the jail systems are so bad in California that, um, you know, the, the recent mass shooting in Sacramento was from a guy who got let out of prison early on some bull**** uh-huh. right yeah and whose fault is that gavin newsom's ain't nobody said nobody cared so the point i'm making is they can do a wee also the da in sacramento or what was it san francisco was like doing god awful so it was so gavin they, they, they were like you let somebody out of jail of and then or no, yes. they a crime. but we but I'm also talking, he should let I'm, more people out of jail i'm oh my god i'm saying he should pardon the convictions i'm sure that there's plenty of people that got convicted and they had like weapons on them and got weapons charges and like other things along mm-hmm. with all the other shit they were doing but i'm saying pardon the charge and say like you know people that you know had possession charges I, you know i think you, i think you make a great argument and he should probably do that because i think the costs of some of the people that he lets out doing crime outweigh the benefits of having a lot of people out into the workforce. Of course, that also means like inviting them back into the workforce and having rehabilitation programs yeah. to get them out. You know, part of the entrenched process of jail is similar to the reason why the Biden administration is still deal- dealing in horror with the border crisis with Trump's policies is because there's momentum and, and bureaucratic inertia there that's hard to change. And once you get locked into that infrastructure, uh, the infrastructure pushes you into solutions so you know once we have the jails then we have to use them and then they're an a- ideal solution right yeah um so but i can still hate on there you know? i can still hate on him for that's one thing that i know for a fact that he could do that he isn't doing so that is something mm-hmm. i could hate on him for. yeah i got a lot of other stuff too yeah i mean you, you know he's he's not the best politician but it's also like are you going to elect like a right-wing talk show host to replace him? No. no. Be, awesome. I, I don't I, I don't think necessarily like I'm an independent so I personally want to see more independents get into office. Mm-hmm. Um, Libertarian. <laughs> but, you know, I don't I'd have to see, you know, the person's campaign and to you know, I don't actively make a decision. I'm not going to be like I'm going to vote Republican because I hate Democrats, but I also hate Republicans. So it's I'm not just gonna, bad voting. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. like I gotta like look at the person, look at their campaign, what they're trying to do. Voting, voting for it's someone, about, like, Republican in, voting for another person in spite is how we got uh, Biden into office. Yeah, it's it's People really were like so angry about Trump. They hated Trump so much they voted for Biden in spite. Uh, yeah. Well, you know they they could have voted for Bernie Sanders and they probably should have, and that would have been that. No, Bernie joking. in 2016 was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. look, he I like what he's trying to do. Yeah. I just don't like the way he's trying to do it. Yeah, I don't yeah. like the whole tax thing. Too Jewish. No, just kidding. No, <laughs> nah, I just I just don't like his whole, you know, tax tax push. I mean, especially like someone who's like planning to get into real estate and, you know, mm-hmm. increasing my wealth that way. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to f- with my money. The game of Go is about 2000 years old or so, and almost every professional game ever played has been recorded. Uh, and so we have this great depth of knowledge about it. So I'd really encourage you to get into it because the uh, central element of Go is um, about treating your opponent as if they are as smart as you and 
communicating with them about what you believe about your situation and about what you think they believe about their situation. Um, so when you're, so when you are making any kind of deal, especially in a government policy situation, um, you know, you have to allow in order to get the best result for yourself, the safest result. Um, you have to allow that they will play the game as well as you can play the game. Yeah. Um, and that's what, uh, that's why it's so hard to do things, but also why there's marginal increases. Uh, it's because they, if they tried to overstep, you know, the, the, the dog catches the car and the Supreme Court, you know, does uh, some does crazy some, stuff. Yeah. And then there's a backlash, you know. Um, so at some point, you know, you just, you just need to sort of like, let the process work itself out and be a part of it as a, a voter and an advocate. But, you know, if you guys are listening on uh, uh, Spotify or, you know, Apple Podcasts, you know, give us a follow. Um, if you're on YouTube, you know, drop a like, comment, subscribe. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you and have a good night or day or wherever, you, whatever time you're watching this. Adios.